0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: Welcome to another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along as the postseason is not just underway, it's in full swing, We now know all 24 girls' teams that will be in Charleston in the Girls' State Tournament next week. And during this program, we expect to be able to give you... Yeah, we've already got all the final scores for tonight.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And talk about efficient.
2: That's amazing.
1: We're just an hour and a half since a lot of those games tipped off. So, great job everyone out there uh, tonight, also by our score crew. before the end of the show, and literally at any time now, we're keeping an eye out for them to be released. We should have the double A girls basketball seedings, brackets, matchup set. So we'll check on those. We'll keep going with those as we go on throughout the night. Keep keep you abreast of the situation there. Coach Rick Monroe not with us tonight. That's because his game. <laughs> His, his girls were scheduled to play polka in a Region 4 AA co-championship game last night. It was postponed until tonight because they had four inches of snow and no power at Tulsa High School yesterday, and uh, that created a... Let's, let me just say, I'm in the midst of 24 hours of a technological nightmare, which I will explain at some point throughout the program as well, just to share some of the fun stories from behind the scenes of uh, radio broadcasting with you guys, but... Uh, Joe, I I mean, we've got games that were decided in free throws and basically with less than a second remaining to decide a sectional champion in boys. We had two of the top single-A boys teams doing battle. In a sectional final, and some huge numbers put up by individuals in that game. We've got storylines <laughs> up on storylines, and three hours might not be enough to get it
3: all in. <laughs> I was going to say we could probably go all night long, you know. So I tell you what, it, it's crazy. You know, you and I were talking right before we went on the air. You know, it's March Madness, and, and anything can happen. And, and you know, looking at the scoreboard and, and some of the things that's happened uh, throughout the course of the evening and last night, it's happening.
1: Yeah, and Bill Cornwell, before we get to the scoreboard. Uh, something also of important to note, and this is part of sport. It's part of the postseason. Somebody wins, somebody loses. It's uh, it can be uh, you know the, the agony of defeat and the joy and the thrill of victory go hand in hand this time of year. And uh, basketball can break your heart, but at the same time, it can also be very rewarding.
2: Oh, I tell you, I mean, we saw it on the college level two times involving the two same schools last night. Uh, just two blocks away from where we are sitting, uh, Derek Jean hits a 50-footer at the buzzer, and Louisiana Tech beats Marshall in a big uh, Conference USA game by three ninety-seven ninety-four. But those two teams play in uh, Ruston, Louisiana, last night. Norisha Victor from Marshall hits a little uh, 15-footer in the lane with one point one seconds left, and the Marshall women get that buzzer beater. So, I mean, we saw it on the college level. We're going to see it throughout this next week with championship week in college play, and, man, we're going to see it over the next two weeks, especially down in Charleston with the girls' tournament next week, boys' tournament coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, and there was also a situation where earlier this week, and this is a play that's gone viral, and we definitely hope <laughs> to be able to talk about this. I just want to tease this real fast. There was a team that was down by four with three seconds left, and they won the basketball game. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, this is postseason. This is what it's all about. That shows you nothing's impossible. Uh, Absolutely. Never Uh, give up. uh, What's the old saying from We Are Marshall? Play to the whistle blows and play to the horn blows, and all that is very true. We know you want scores. All final scores are in tonight. There weren't all that many because it's the postseason. I'll knock out your first scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Weather postponed two girls' games from last night. They were played tonight. They were the final two Class AA regional co-championship games. In Region 3, it was Wyoming East defeating Pikeview 62-34. The Lady Warriors held Pikeview to just five points in the first half. Wyoming East 20-2 and heading to Charleston. Also heading to Charleston will be coach Rick Marone and the Tulsa Lady Rebels, who defeat Polka tonight at Rebel Arena 63-37 in the AA Region 4 Co-Championship. Those seedings have not been released just yet in Class AA. We'll get them to you as soon as we get them. We'll also go over the AAA and single-A matchups in a couple of moments. First, let's go to the boys' scoreboard. Again, these are all sectional games. Many of these are sectional Finals. So winner is going to advance and play a home game in the regional round next week. Loser will advance and play a road game next week. Let's start in class single A in what may have been the game of the night. Class A, Region one, Section One. Magnolia defeats Wheeling Central 78-74. Magnolia 20 and 2. Wheeling Central 21 and 2. And the Maroon Knights are going to be 21 and 2 and playing a road regional game. Mercy. Alright. Um uh, But Preston Boswell scores 51 points in that game for Magnolia. Chase Hardler, the WVU commit, 41 in the loss for Wheeling Central. Like I said, some major performances uh, tonight. Also in Class A in Region 2, Section 2. Pendleton County defeats Pocahontas County 61-57. Class A, Region 3, Section 1. It was Tug Valley, 57, Van, 32. Also in Region 3, Section 2, Fayetteville beats Midland Trail, 74-54. So Midland Trail will travel to Tug Valley. Van will travel to Fayetteville next Wednesday night. Class A, Region 4, Section 1. Parkersburg Catholic defeats Doddridge County, 57-50. Parkersburg Catholic was the four-seed in that sectional. At 13-11, they cut down the nets tonight as sectional champs. But Doddridge County, an outstanding story that we'll talk about later on tonight as well. In Class AA, Region 1, Section 1. It was Fairmont Senior, 89, East Fairmont, 46. And in Region 1, Section 2, Ravenswood defeats Webster County by final of 57-40. So Webster County goes to Fairmont Senior, East Fairmont goes to Ravenswood next Thursday night. Region 2, Section 1. Kaiser wins the Mineral County Bowl to beat Frankfurt 57-56. Kaiser scores the last four points of that game, so they erase a three-point deficit and come from behind and win. Bridgeport wins Class AA Region 2, Section 2, with a 53-51 win over Robert C. Bird, so it will be RCB visiting Kaiser Frankfurt visiting Bridgeport in the regional final in AA region 4 section 1 Poka defeats Systemville tonight 66-39 and in region 4 section 2 Chapmanville regional two free throws with a tenth of a second left to defeat Scott tonight 38-36 we'll have the final call to that one in just a moment for you to hear as well so next week, it will be Sissonville at Chapmanville Regional, and it will be Scott at Poka Class AAA, Region 1, Section 1, Parkersburg South beats Parkersburg, 69-55. Region 1, Section 2, Morgantown remains undefeated with a 65-49 win over Crosstown Rival University. So Parkersburg South will host University. Parkersburg will travel to Morgantown next Tuesday. Triple A, Region 2, Section 1. Martinsburg beats Musselman, 62-55. Region 2, Section 2. Lewis County beats Hampshire, 63-51. Musselman will travel to Lewis County. Hampshire will travel to Martinsburg in next Tuesday's regional round. Region 3, Section 1. Capital defeats Ripley, 69-59. The Vikings have pulled an upset earlier this week, though, in meeting South Charleston. So it will be Capital a home game against the loser of tomorrow's Woodrow wilson Greenbrier East game. The winner of that game will host Ripley next Tuesday. And in Region 4, Section 1, Hurricane beats Winfield, 47-35. Huntington beats Logan, 71-52 in Region 4, Section 2. So you've got Winfield at Huntington, Logan at Hurricane in the regional co-finals next week in Class AAA. And that is your basketball night. Dot com scoreboard update. Again, some games for tomorrow, too. Single A, you've got St. Joe and Charleston Catholic, and in yeah. double A, Wyoming East and West Side. Wow. No big surprises
2: tonight in the boys' games. Uh, I think the surprises uh, occurred earlier, including that big
1: Ripley upset of South Charleston. Lots to uh, talk about tonight. We'll get through it throughout the program. Again, we'll give you the uh, girls' state tournament matchups in just a moment. But first, I want to go to Bill Nester, WPDX, Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. Uh, fall tonight He is the voice of Flying Eagles. And Bill, Robert C. Bird Bridgeport 3, lived up to the hype. Both teams have won by double figures in the regular season. This game, the tight game everyone expected it to be, but Bridgeport pulls it out in the end.
4: You know what, guys? You know, they always say loser leaves town, and I guess sometimes that's a bad thing. For RCB, though, they get a chance to play another day if you will of course heading on the road is not what they wanted to do but uh facing a very tough Bridgeport uh, team a very tough uh, place to play in Bridgeport. matter of fact guys they, they sold a thousand ticks to the game opened up the doors at 5:30, and i mean to tell you there was a line a mile long at about 5:10 when i got to the game so uh definitely a, a lot of excitement around the game and it lived up to its tight uh seesaw fair back and forth uh, both teams traded leads uh, and uh Robert Seward had the one-point advantage here down the stretch, but a, a deep, late three with about five seconds on the clock from Logan Smith from Bridgeport. RCB had an opportunity to get a shot off. They called a timeout. Got an open look. Well, uh, not really open, I should say. Kind of a contested look at the three-point line for Dante Spees. It fell uh, fell just left, and that was into the ballgame, guys. But, uh, yeah, a very exciting game, really. It's what playoff action is all about. and. Uh, some of the hate to see anybody lose this one, but uh, fortunately enough, both teams, they
1: crank it back up next week with a chance to go to Charleston. Well, Bill, can we put you on hold for just a second because we just got some breaking news in here. The, the AA girls' seats sure. just released, so we'll put you on hold. We'll be right back with you. And let's go over the AA girls' basketball seats. These are just out, fresh off the press. The number one seed is Wyoming East, and they will take on the number eight seed Tulsa Lady Rebels next Wednesday at five thirty p.m. The number two seed is Lincoln at twenty-four and one. The Cougars will face number seven seed Grafton at one o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. The number three seed is Fairmont Senior. The Polar Bears will take on number six seed North Marion in the opening game of the Girls State Tournament Wednesday morning at nine thirty. And the number four seed and quite frankly, guys, I think severely underseeded is Sissonville. The reigning state champs are 23 and two, and seeded number four. They'll play number five seed Summers County, who is 22 and two. So your four five matchup has teams that have a combined record of 45 and four. And those two teams will meet in the nightcap Wednesday night at nine o'clock. So again, one seed Wyoming East against eight seed Tulsa, two seed Lincoln against number seven Grafton. Number three, Fairmont Senior against number six, North Marion. And number four, Sissonville against number five, Summers County in the girls' state tournament next week. That's hot off the press. We got that to you less than two minutes after it was released. So we go back to Bill Nestor now. Again, Robert C. Bird's boys fall in the sectional final tonight to Bridgeport. And, uh, Bill, you mentioned it, though, uh, and we appreciate you hanging with us there. That that literally just came in. We wanted to get that out there as fast as we could. but the, the the RCB boys, though, again, you mentioned, get a, get another opportunity. And they have to go on the road, have to go to Kaiser. Not an easy trip uh, across – well, it's a little bit easier now, I guess, with Corridor H. But still, um, those two programs uh are going to do battle next week. Yeah,
4: it's going to be interesting uh, to see this matchup. Of course, both teams have uh... – players that were involved in the football matchup this year between these two teams. So kinda of exciting to get these guys back into it and see what happens. But if you look at this uh contest tonight, guys only one double figure score for each team. Dante piece had twenty one for R C B, twenty one earlier this week against Grafton. And then for the uh, Indians, Nick Greeley, twenty six points in that in the uh Indians uh, side of things. So there's two guys really stepped up for each team and uh played well so uh, as we just talked about, you know bridgeport uh wins that championship and they 're going to host while RCB hits the road but uh you know both teams have an opportunity to try to pressure their ticket to Charleston next week.
1: You mentioned the atmosphere you mentioned the uh the crowd and this is something that that i've come across here different areas every section gets the opportunity to decide how to operate at sectional tournaments, some choose host sites ch- uh some choose neutral sites um In the case of Bridgeport, Robert C. Byrd, in that section, has the crowd support almost outgrown the home gymnasiums there?
4: Well, I think it has on the Bridgeport side of things. RCB has got a newer gymnasium that holds a lot more fans, and so it obviously – it's kind of a nicer venue from that regard. But, you know, every team will tell you there's no place like home. And for Bridgeport – and then financially, they've got a lot of backing there. They don't really need the the money from a gate, so to speak. And you know, you you've got an opportunity to host at home and it gives you the best chance to win. And uh, that's what they went with. And you, you know, you look at it. In the past, there were several years uh, uh, several years when the sectionals were were at a neutral site, A couple times at Lincoln High School, and a couple times at Salem International. Uh, some different different venues for these kind of clashes. But uh, really, ultimately. Uh, in the last several years, it's been the, uh, the higher seed of the hosts and it definitely is a big advantage for the host team. And only selling 1,000 tickets, it, it was, I think it was a good move by the administration, of Bridgeport because it was crowded, jam-packed, but it wasn't a hazard. Uh, we've seen a couple games in this series, guys, where you've got people hanging off the rafters <laughs> Steve, just to try to get a look at this contest. So, And it really did a good job with that and monitoring it. But I think, really, you look at a neutral site, The people that are hurt the most in this situation, guys, are the fans. The fans who wanted to come to this and see it that might have been turned away because they couldn't get in, that's that's who's really hurt by it. But ultimately, uh, Bridgeport, to their credit, earned the uh, number one seed. I had a fantastic regular season, edged out RCB for that opportunity, and I think they felt like they wanted to keep it there and not give it up. And it, it paid off for them this evening, that's for sure.
3: Hey, Bill, Joe Linville here. Hey, you and I were talking, and it's been a few seasons ago, uh, and you were talking about the community supporting RCB because it was a merger school. I knew, you know, at the time you were, you know, a little frustrated. Is the community starting to step up a little more uh, since these sports programs have been doing so well?
4: Well, Joe, first of all, great talking with you. You know, I I think that what's happened in this situation is a little bit more support, but not near as much as as warranted, and I think that that's it's kind of a sad situation. When you look at the uh, the regular season RCB hosting about ten games per year in basketball, you're going to see the gymnasium yeah, roughly about half full, except for the uh, contest with Bridgeport, and uh, maybe another game or two sprinkled in if you if you bring a big name in. But the average uh, Big Ten game, the attendance, it's lacking the support. Same way with football is the same way. And you know the administration works really hard at RCB to promote the school and the teams and, and the players all alike. But it just seems like it's it's been a slow process for the community to accept it. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, two schools, WI High School and, and RW High School, that were very successful in their own rights. But just uh, just coming together to be able to support this this team and these teams and these players, it's been a tough road to host. So it's gotten a little better since we taught talked, Joe, but not, not near as much as it needs to be.
1: Bill Nester, WPDX Radio, Robert C. Bird, falls in the boys' sectional final, 53-51 to Bridgeport tonight. RCB next Thursday night. You'll make the trip to Kaiser. And we look forward to hearing from you about that one Friday and uh potentially if Robert C. Berg can get the win on the road, Kaiser's thirteen and ten. I know that's a matchup that's uh a very winnable one for R C B but also should be a good ball game because when you go on the road you never know. But uh next Friday night perhaps we can talk either about this game or about the uh double A seedings or both perhaps.
4: That sounds great. we look forward to it, guys. Always love talking with you. Thanks for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well.
1: I hey, always appreciate it. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX, and a good friend of the program as well. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Mark Hatcher. He's the son of Logan head coach Alan Hatcher. Uh, that's another storyline that we haven't <laughs> been able to touch on uh, at this point, but we'll talk with him when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network
5: basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the
6: Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website, check it out, find out how you can connect with the show. A shout out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup followers include christina fox at kfox underscore provato Traquan gibson lucas haynes at luda 304 coach wiley at alex 1967 thanks for following us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup if you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game basketball friday night in west virginia
5: High school basketball around the mountain state. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone,
1: and Ryan Epling. 921 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Bill Cornwall with you. You can always check out the website, basketballnight.com. That's got the Matchups for the girls' basketball postseason in the state tournament. They're all together. We'll talk about that much more in depth as we go along. The AA girls' seedings were just released. We had them uh, just moments ago, and they'll be on, on, up on the site here uh, any moment now. Actually, they're already there. <laughs> that, that's incredible, guys. The guys in the back are just absolutely uh, They're doing a great doing.
3: job. You know, you were giving them – I went to the WVSSAC website, and they still weren't posted there
1: yet. So
2: can lot tell those two – Double A games that went on tonight on the girls' side uh, uh, probably had quite an audience. People either listening online or just paying attention to scores all around the state because everybody in the in the Double A part of the tournament was wanting to know who the heck we got a plan for.
1: Right, and turns out that's the one eight matchup. The two winners, uh, ironically, and again, Sissonville top four scorers back from last year's state tournament team hasn't lost since December, twenty three and two lost one game in state and they're the number four seed in double a come on guys all right <laughs> <That's> crazy <laughs> uh on, chris carter there come on man but uh you know boys basketball tonight uh a lot of sectional championship games one of them was huntington defeating logan 71 52 logan had beaten spring valley in boys earlier this week And both games, Logan played without his head coach, Alan Hatcher. He had a medical issue uh, that that did not allow him to be there. Mark Hatcher is his son. He's also the former head coach of the Logan Wildcats, kind enough to join us on the phone tonight. And uh, Mark, uh, we don't don't have any of the facts right (laughs) in front of us, so we just wanted to talk with you, see what you would be able to say. Uh, First off, how's your dad doing?
7: Yeah, he's doing pretty good tonight. He's, uh, of course, he's upset that they lost, but uh, he is <laughs> still excited that they have a chance to go to the state tournament. Uh, you know, next week, uh, of course, in our family, basketball sometimes comes before everything, health included. And uh, you know, he, he's had a he's had a tough tough week. Uh, it's the first time in forty some years that he hasn't got the coach in the postseason, and so it's been it's been really difficult. And his his quote all day long today, or his saying all day long was, you know, I, you go through all season, and as high school coaches, uh, you guys are familiar with that. that it's, the tournament's really what you play for. It's the fun. It's the excitement part of it. And then, you know, he said to coach all year long and come tournament time, and now I can't get the coach. Uh, but he, but it, it, it's worked out good. I mean, in a lot of ways, he, he had passed out in the game a couple of nights, a couple of weeks ago at Wyoming East, and uh, – they had a great staff there. Uh, a couple, Doctor Mascari was there uh, from Wyoming East. Uh, his sons all played for Wyoming East, and thought everything was going to be okay. Ran some tests. He got dizzy again today of the Spring Valley game, and uh, my wife is actually a school nurse over at Logan High, I called the ambulance for him, and I rushed over there. And uh, tonight we found out after a heart catheterization, he's going to have to have triple bypass surgery in the next couple of days. So his his season is done, and. Um, you know, and then hopefully everything will be well. This is uh, Kevin Gertz, Roger Gertz, two really successful coaches at Logan. that both had open heart surgeries, and they've talked to him tonight, and um, so he, he he's feeling a little better again. The loss to Huntington is tough, but uh, looking forward to his team being able to play against Hurricane
2: Marcus Bill Cornwell. Uh, and give uh, a lot of credit to Coach Elkins who took over for your dad. I mean, I mean, kudos to him. He did a great job of. Keeping yeah. your your uh, your former team there together, <laughs> Logan, on, yeah. on the Wednesday night against Spring Valley. Because Spring Valley, uh, that was a back-and-forth game late. <laughs> and uh, they held it together. Of course, tonight in Huntington, I mean, why can't you say, you know, one of the best in the state. But still, yeah. credit to Coach Elkins oh, yeah. for what he's done.
7: Oh, he's done a great job. I mean, you know, Coach Elkins has, has been around a long time. Uh, family friend before coaching friends, to be honest with you. Uh, with me and my father and uh was a great addition to the Logan staff this year and he's done a great job and and some of the other assistant coaches on that team have, have stepped up too. Brandon Browning and Fuji Williams and uh and Hank Bowen on the side they all do a good job of getting the game planned and they were prepared I mean they had went through everything on Wednesday they they continued to do the pre-game meals and uh do the the whole workout after school they went over the you know a little bit with the kids before they left for Spring Valley and I think we've played Spring Valley four or five years now and every time we played it it comes down to that last uh trip or two of the game and uh last minutes or so of the game and um you know, Stan did a great job of getting those kids prepared and toughen that win out against a really scrappy Spring Valley team.
3: Coach, I got this Joe Lenville. I got tickled, uh, not really tickled, but it, it kind of surprised me. The other night when your dad blacked out over at uh, uh, Wyoming East, uh, you know, when he came to, they uh-huh. said, Do you have any problems? And he said, Yeah, just Wyoming East. You know, he, he was, you know, he was still wanting to coach the game. And I understand, you know, you guys took him outside to trying to get some fresh air. But, I mean, that just shows where his right. heart was at, was in that basketball game.
7: Uh, he, he, guys, you just don't even know this dude. I mean, I thought I was dedicated to coaching and, and this guy, he's, he has spent 40-some years, 50-some years almost in the coaching. I mean, I, I, I can remember being five, six years old. He would write plays down on every napkin. And, you know, that's back when Bobby Knight was really just bringing on man-to-man and teams were sort of going away from the 2-3 zone. And, you know, in the mid-'70s, you know, no no team in West Virginia played man-to-man. And uh, uh, everybody played a 2-3 zone. Usually a 2-2-1 press back to 2-3 zone. I mean, the whole state played the same thing. and. He was one of the first coaches to do that and, and do the motion offense with uh, Bobby Knight type stuff. And I mean, he, he really had dedicated his entire life to coaching basketball and coaching kids and, and being a part of their lives. And uh, uh, it, it really is it, sad in this way, but, you know, like the doctor told me today, if, if you would have coached Wednesday night or tonight or something like that, you, you could have possibly had a heart attack right in the middle of the floor and mm-hmm. Um, and so he was very thankful that we caught this thing, you know, before everything happened and anything got worse. And, uh, again, he's going to miss it, but he's, you know, he's already talking, he's already scattered hurricane two or three times. He's, <laughs> he's played Winfield three, three times already. So <laughs> he's already got the assistant coaches. He, he told me, he said, well, I'm just going to have to get on the phone tonight. And we'll have to get a game plan ready for Tuesday. I mean, and it's quick turnaround in A, It's a a very quick turnaround. So, He's already got some ideas and, and standing, and, and I'm sure them guys will do the best they can and, and work with him and getting something
3: prepared for her.
1: Well, Mark, we certainly uh, our our thoughts and prayers are with your dad, you and your families as, as well. And, and I just want to say though, the fact that you said that he's upset about the loss tonight to Huntington tells me that at least he's feeling a little bit okay in that regard. He, he is. He is. He's probably got a few meds in him too, making him
7: feel a little better. But, but yeah, he's feeling better. And, uh, I know he was happy. I mean, it was a heck of a ball game, I think, between Chapmanville and Scott. Came oh, down yeah. to the last-second shot there. So, he's 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 really happy about the kids he coached last year, you know, getting an opportunity to to host a regional final. And then, of course, I am, too, because Brad Knapper Brad was a coach with me for very many years. And, of course, Nick Cavill coached close to him also. But, you know, great night of basketball across the state. It's, it's uh, Twitter. I've been – following things on Twitter. we Actually, it was really funny. The Spring Valley game, he didn't want to listen to it on the radio, so we followed it on Twitter. And Every time Spring Valley got on top, I didn't tell him the score, but when we got on top, I told him the score. Right. So, uh, you guys, you guys are great, and, again, we really appreciate, appreciate you, and, and thank you for so much concern and, and, and – Taking a, you know listening about him a little bit tonight. I appreciate
1: it, well, Mark. We always appreciate uh, talking with you, and we definitely appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. And uh, we do kind of miss you being on the sidelines too. Not gonna lie. Yeah,
3: yeah. he gets to come uh, out I of retirement. He gets to come out of retirement and take his dad's place on our uh, radio show in the morning too, as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, there
1: you go. WwoW, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, Mark definitely appreciate I'm it. I'm try to but- do that in the morning, right? Well, guys, thank you. I appreciate it so
7: much.
1: Bye bye. All right, that's Mark Hatcher, the son of. The head coach of the Logan Wildcats, Alan Hatcher, who unfortunately had to miss both games of the sectional tournament. And now, as you heard, I still call Mark Hatcher Coach Hatcher. Oh, is he's still, a coach. He is still coach. coach. He's still coach Once a coach. always but, a coach, always a coach. His dad has to have a triple bypass surgery. Alan,
2: you know, I'm glad they got uh, C- Coach Alan Hatcher's uh, situation diagnosed, but. I go back – he talked about 40 years of coaching. I think I go back about 30 because I remember when he was on the sidelines at Williamson, mm-hmm. and you talk about a guy who coached and gave it all. Fiery, firebrand guy back in those days. He still does. <laughs> and, 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 and you kind of wonder, I mean, as intense as he was coaching back then, that something, something medically didn't happen to him. But that was, I mean, he was excitable
3: and intense. I watched practice Tuesday night before the uh, the sectionals down there, and I tell you what, he was giving all he had then. I mean, you know, the boys on the floor, you know, they weren't doing something right. He was, you know, on them and letting them have it. Yeah, he was. You know, it's, hey, it's
1: his way. Yeah, hey, we've got to step aside, take a break, come back. We'll get you another scoreboard update. We'll talk with Randy Payton, WFGH. He had the call of the Tulsa Poker Girls game. Lady Rebels going back to Charleston. We'll also talk with Jordan Mounts. He had the Tug Valley Van game. I guess he got into the arena okay. Trust me, games at Tug Valley, you you can park a mile and a half away from the arena. You might be out on 52, for all we know. We'll also talk with uh, Brian Johnson, WCEF. He had the Ripley Capital Boys game. We'll talk with them and get a scoreboard update when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday
5: Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send you can tweet text and email find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304. Coach Wiley at Alex1967. Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R. Bearcat Nation. Michaela at Big Mac3013. Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz. Trey Maynard. Bobby Foggin. They Call Me Jay. Jay Cronin. Noah Heinsman. Jason Wilhite mark richmond mason 989 alex blackenbecker jasmine thief tina lane at tina lane 71 jason westfall coach d Juan life hunter ridgeway amy beeman paul humphrey angela Toller, mr flattery and evan cole thanks for following us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup it's basketball friday night in west virginia
5: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier,
1: Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.34 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell, back with you on another basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Having a good time with you here tonight as... um, you know, we're getting ready to get through the uh, boys' sectional scores. And, again, I mean, guys, Preston Boswell, 54 points tonight for Magnolia. And we'll, we hope to have him on the program a little bit later on. Uh, just to get you to run down the cards real fast, that we're going to speak to it in just a moment, we'll talk with Randy Payton, WFGH. He had the Tulsa Poker Girls game. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts, WXCC Radio. He had the Tug Valley Van boys game. We'll talk with Brian Johnson, WCEF. He had the Ripley Capital boys game. We'll talk with them in just a moment. But first, our scoreboard update. You know what, I'll just, we'll just do this without the bet. How about there, there we, we go. go. <laughs> See, better late than, better than, ever. Late than never. Hey, looking for scores, looking for more, visit basketballnight.com. Love <laughs> it when I get them in the back a little bit, too. They're so good, it's just very hard for me to give them a difficult time about it. But, AA girls, Wyoming East beats Pikeview 62-34 in the Region 3 co-championship and in the Region 4 co-championship, Tulsa beats Polka 63-37. Turns out those two are going to meet. Wyoming East the number one seed in AA. Tulsa the number eight seed. They'll meet in the opening round of the AA Girls State Tournament, which again, we'll talk about the entire Girls State Tournament in a moment. Moving on to boys, sectional tournament action. These are all sectional championship games. In Class A, 54 points for Preston Boswell as they beat Magnolia, 78-74. Chase Harbor 41 for Wheeling Central in that win. So Magnolia 78, Wheeling Central 74. Magnolia will advance to the Region One uh, Region One Co Championship game. So will Wheeling Central. Wheeling Central will have to go on the road. Also in Class A Region Two Section Two, it was Pendleton County 61, Pocahontas County 57. Region 3, Section 1, Tug Valley defeats Van 57 32. In Region 3, Section 2, it was Fayetteville over Midland Trail 74 54. So it will be the Midland Trail Patriots visiting Naugatuck to take on Tug Valley. And it will be Van hitting the road to take on Fayetteville in the Region 3 title games Wednesday night. Region 4 in Class A, Section 1, Parkersburg Catholic beats Doddridge County. 57-50 Parkersburg Catholics number 4 seed in the section will play host to a regional co-championship game Joe has double A and take a look at the double A
3: it was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears taking the game from East Fairmont 89-46 that's in region 1 section 1 it was Webster County falling to Ravenswood that score 57-40 that was uh, region 1 section 2 As you heard us talking there just a little bit ago about the uh, RCB team, they fell to Bridgeport in a thriller, 53-51. They will face, uh, RCB will go to Kaiser as Kaiser defeated Frankfurt, 57-56. It was the polka dots over the Sissonville Indians, 66-39 in that Region 4, Section 1. And it was uh, a game that went all the way down to the final one-tenth of a second. Chapmanville defeated Scott 38-36 on two free throws with .1 seconds showing on a clock. And now, Bill, we'll take a look at the AAA games.
2: Well, in Class AAA in uh, Region 1, Section 1, Parkersburg South gets the win over the Big Reds of Parkersburg, 69-55. In Section 2 of Region 1, it wasn't the Mohawk Bowl, but it was the two Morgantown schools going at it and the Morgantown Mohegans get the win over University Skyhawks 65-49. That means your uh, Region uh, 1 championships next week will be Parkersburg South hosting University. Parkersburg making the trip over to Morgantown in Region 2. Section 1, Martinsburg takes care of Musselman 62-55. In Section 2 in Region 2, Lewis County. Knocks off Hampshire, 63-51. Hampshire will be going to Martinsburg next week in a regional co-championship. And it'll be Lewis County hosting Musselman. That'll be a long trip for Musselman here mm. to play that one with Lewis County. Now over in uh, Region 3, Section 1, Capital Cougars continuing their strong play. They will take on, or they beat Ripley tonight, 69 69- to 59. They'll find out tomorrow who they'll be playing. Woodrow Wilson and Greenbrier East play tomorrow in the Region 3 Section 2 final. And in Region 4 Section 1 tonight, Coach uh, Coach, uh, Lance Sutherland's team gets it done. Again. Like they did last year. Not quite the same personnel, but Hurricane beats Winfield tonight 47-35. Meanwhile, the, uh, number two, the number two uh, section of Region Four, no surprise, Huntington, so strong, knocks off Logan seventy-one fifty-two. Region Four finals next week. Hurricane hosting Logan. Winfield makes the trip to Huntington.
1: So a lot of uh, good matchups set up there as well. And just to put in perspective, that trip next week for Musselman mm-hmm. is two hundred sixteen miles. <laughs> To Weston, a three-hour, seventeen-minute voyage. That is one regional game. That is one large region. <laughs> yes, and
3: that's in a car. You know, you yeah. can imagine on a bus. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's only three hours, six minutes without traffic. Oh yeah, <laughs> like there's never traffic on I sixty-eight <laughs> across uh, Maryland, and then, yeah, up and over in the hills and into Preston County, West Virginia, and then on the way down on seventy-nine to Lewis County. Nice over the river and through the Wood Strip there. Randy Payton, WFGH, and the Sports Information Director of Rio Grande in Ohio, he visited uh, Tulsa High School tonight back in the old stomping grounds in Wayne County to call the Tulsa Girls game with polka in the girls' uh, A Region 4 co-championship. Tulsa gets the win, and Randy, the Lady Rebels, uh, did so in convincing fashion tonight. First time since
8: 2010 that they're headed back to Charleston, and you know, actually, you see the final score uh, ends up a 26 point victory. It was a five point game after three quarters. Tulsa led 42 to 37, and they outscore Polka 21 to nothing nada in the fourth quarter to win going away and uh, earn a spot in the uh, in the AA quarterfinals next Wednesday.
1: Again, a big win for Tulsa, and in doing so, uh, getting back to Charleston. Um, Dina Gerald's probably the the I would I would put her in a short list of the top maybe three to four point guards in the state right now, and uh, she's just a freshman. And Randy, she really she's not the only one with that team though. That team really needs. They need all their parts to be as good as they can be and as good as they have been the past couple of weeks.
8: Well, you know, that's the impressive part about them. I saw them tonight. It was the second time I've seen them play this year, and, and the kids that they do have on the roster are smart enough to, you know, you let Dina do what Dina can do, but the other kids know when to step up, and if they've got an open shot, they'll take it. And it's kind of what you saw. I know – uh, you guys saw the sectional championship over, uh, over Wayne last week, and that's kind of what they did in that game tonight. Dina Geralds had 34 points, but, uh, Mariah Finley stepped up and scored 14 points. Nine of those were in the second half as, as Tulsa was, uh, pulling away down the stretch. And, uh, Sarah Jew came up with four or five block shots tonight. Tulsa didn't shoot the ball all that well, but, uh, crashed the boards, forced some turnovers, and, you know, we talked with uh, Tulsa coach Rick Marone before the game, and, and he said, quite frankly, he thought Polka and Sissonville played the best defense um, in the region and, um, you know, uh, did everything he could to talk about how good Polka's defense was. Well, tonight, in addition to the 34 points she had offensively, uh, Dina Gerald's limited uh, Polka's Casey schemes down to just 8 points. She was averaging 15 points per game Uh, Coming in, and like I said, as a team, they held the scoreless in the fourth quarter. So, uh, pretty impressive. They're playing very well defensively in the course of the postseason. Uh, Dina's turned her game up even more offensively in the postseason. And uh, obviously, they are, in fact, the eight seed. They're just fourteen and eleven, and they've got a a very tough foe facing them next Wednesday in Wyoming East. But hey, they're one of the final eight, and they're happy to
9: be there.
2: Hey, Randy, uh, this this Bill Cornwell. Rick's got to be real happy with the this win tonight, certainly. But I think that this is one of his best coaching jobs. And you maybe want to comment on this because coming into the season, he had a lot of question marks. He had a lot of concerns, and uh, maybe some holes. They played a tough schedule. That and certainly I get you ready for this part of the season. But man, they have put it together here at the end.
8: They have just eight players on the roster. They only have one senior, uh, in Michaela Messer. And I would agree with you. He's had some outstanding teams and some outstanding players, uh, over the, over the years, but they're playing well, uh, at the right time. Uh, you know, got, obviously got a big win tonight, which by the way, that was win number 369 in Coach Marone's, uh, career out at Tulsa. So, uh, and they're, they're just happy. I think, uh, we talked before the game. I know folks across the state, uh, when the season began, uh, let's be honest about it. They didn't give Tulsa or Polka either one much of a chance to be playing in a regional final. And, um you know, both of those teams, Polka, even in a loss, they, they only have two seniors and both of those come off the bench and they've got, uh, some pretty talented players in, in their own right. We talked about, the Casey Steen being limited to eight points tonight, but their other uh, pretty good offensive player in Aubrey Chandler, she had 20 points tonight, kept them in the game while they were struggling offensively. So um, the, the future is bright for Polka, but to answer your original question, yeah, I think uh, Coach Marone and and his staff have done a great job given the fact that they're undermanned. They're playing obviously uh without a lot of depth and you have to be careful with the foul situation on a night in night out basis, but, uh, 14 and 11 and heading to Charleston for the first time since
1: 2010 they're a happy bunch tonight well Randy um again they'll match up with Wyoming East the top seed and that should be a great point guard matchup I know you haven't had a chance to see uh Gabby Lapartis, but in terms of point guards I don't think you're going to get a better one-on-one point guard point guard matchup and you're talking about a sophomore in Lapartis at Wyoming East and a freshman in Gerald's at Tulsa and um You know that 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 could be one of the better storylines going into the tournament is that particular matchup.
8: Yeah, and uh, you know we had uh, Derek Taylor from the uh, uh, Gazette-Mail was down to uh, cover the game tonight. We had him on at halftime talking about uh, what to expect out of the Double A tournament field next week, and and he basically said, "Hey, I think anybody that's one of the top six seeds uh, can win the thing." and you know, he he and I were talking about who might be number one. Uh, the folks from Lincoln made the trip all the way down to Glen Hayes tonight, uh, just in case they were number one, and Tulsa might be number eight. As it turns out, uh, Coach Marone told me before the game he thought it would be Wyoming East. He was correct. So uh, um, it, it ought to be a great double A tournament altogether. But uh, you mentioned the matchup between the two point guards in the in the Wyoming East and Tulsa game, and I know the. The folks that um, that haven't had a chance to see Dina Jarrell play, um, uh, she's a special player, and still obviously got some uh, a bright future in front of her. Three more years of high school ball, but uh, she's pretty good to be a
1: freshman. Randy, it was it was good to hear you on WFGH again tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, it kind of kind of felt like uh, things were back to normal for one night at least. <laughs>
8: First time in a long time that I have done a basketball game. Yeah. In yes. And I, to be honest with you, I really don't remember the last time that I was uh, was able to do a game on the radio from Rebel Arena. And it was uh, a nice crowd there tonight. And uh, happy to see my buddy, uh, Coach Marone. Not, not to take anything away from Coach Sayer. Met him before the game. Great guy. I wish them all the luck in the future. But uh, happy for my buddy, Coach Marone. And for my buddy, Bo Miller. Uh, chance for Wayne County to have a little bit of a party next week. Exactly. Now Tulsa getting the 80, Tulsa and Spring Valley will play back to back on Wednesday night. So hopefully those two schools will come together and, and root for each other and see if Wayne County can at least get somebody to the semifinal. Round.
2: Randy, I already called it the Wayne County doubleheader.
8: No, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, hey, uh when you're when you're done with your work day, head to Charleston and catch a little basketball and get something good to eat and you know, hopefully get a couple of wins for the for the Wayne County schools as well.
1: There you go. That's Randy Payton W M G
8: old habits die hard for me.
1: Hey, there you go. Hey, I understand that. One hundred percent. Randy, thanks as always for joining us.
8: All right, buddy, take care.
1: All right, that's Randy Payton, the uh Athletic, or, uh, Sports Information Director at Rio always, I'm trying to give him an upgrade here. He's the Sports Information Director at uh, Rio Grande and also a, a friend of this program as well. And uh, He had the WFGH call tonight. We've got to have a side take a break. We'll come back. We'll, we'll get through some more phone calls with Jordan Mounts, Tug Valley Van, Brian Johnson, WCEF with Ripley Capital and Justin Turner, WVOW had Logan and Huntington. We'll get to all those when we come back on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network
5: basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network
6: basketball Friday night in West Virginia the mountain state's voice for all things high school basketball Felicity Van Gilder East Fairmont Lady D's; Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders, what they all have in common is they were selected by basketball Friday night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could not Nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketball night night.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text or email, and we'll make that part of our daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily Hoops Roundup.
5: up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with coach Rick Marone James
1: Collier and Ryan Epling 951 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia Ryan Epling along with Joe Lindvall and Bill Cornwell back with you here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia real quickly here we've gone through the double a in in depth a couple times in terms of the girls state tournament let me just knock out the triple-A and Single A girls brackets for you here, real fast. Um, coming up uh, on Wednesday night at seven fifteen. Number one seed Morgantown takes on number eight seed Spring Valley. On let's see, the two seed is going to be Huntington playing Wednesday at eleven fifteen against seven seed Buchanan Upshur. The three seed is South Charleston. They'll take on six seed George Washington on um, Thursday at 7.15. And the four seed is Parkersburg South. They'll take on five seed Martinsburg at 11.15 Thursday morning. Now in Class Single A, the number one seed, seven-time reigning state champion St. Joe, will play number eight seed Richwood. All these games are Thursday. They'll play at 5.30. Number two seed is Gilmer County. The Titans will take on Fayetteville, the seventh seed, at 1 o'clock Thursday. The three-seed is Tucker County. The Mountain Lions will take on Notre Dame at 9.30 Thursday morning. And the number four-seed is St. Mary's. So we'll take on fifth-seed Madonna at 9 o'clock Thursday night. So that's your AAA and single-A girls' state tournament matchups. We'll continue to go through them. Again, you can check them all out on basketballnight.com. We'll go right back to the phone lines. Tug Valley wins a sectional championship tonight they beat van fifty-seven fifty-two in boys action and jordan mounts wxcc had the call And jordan uh first off have you been able to get out of naugatuck just yet
10: <laughs>
8: actually uh getting in and getting out of there wasn't too much of a problem uh, you know uh when you show up at four o'clock you can kind of get a parking <laughs> spot right beside the door so <laughs> Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad getting in and
1: out of there. That's a man who speaks from experience. Um, yeah. Tonight, uh, Tug Valley, though, <laughs> gets the win over Van. And I know, yeah, you know, Van has had a lot of success as a team. that uh, They won the Hometown Invitational, small, one of the smallest <laughs> Class A schools. And uh, this has been a very good year for them. They had not seen anything like Tug Valley, though. And Tug Valley, with its pressure, um, just uh, – not allowing van to really get many good looks at the basket just you can tell by just holding them to 32 tonight
8: yeah you know guys uh from from the very beginning of that game those kids came out with a lot of fire and a lot of heart, a lot of heart there at the very beginning of the game And yeah, it was a uh, it was only a, a 2 point game there uh at the end of the first quarter if i'm not mistaken but uh, the uh but uh, you know as the time went on uh they just couldn't uh, they couldn't keep up with the panthers uh yeah, actually, no. I think that back. At the end of the first quarter, the game was tied up eight to eight. But uh, yeah, they, they, as it, as the time went on, it just uh, Tug Valley. The athleticism, the conditioning of those kids, that came through. And at, at the end, you know, it, it, the the score ended up being there. Uh, what was it, fifty-two to uh, uh, fifty-two to 32? Um, 57, thirty-two? Fifty-seven.
1: Yeah, fifty fifty-seven
8: thirty-two. 57, 32. That's a, I'm shorting my, whole, my
1: own team a couple of points. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Tug Valley though right now is eighteen and three on the season. And uh again, they'll they'll play host to Midland Trail in the regional co final. And uh, for this team to get back to Charleston, uh, obviously one went away from doing so. Um taking it will take on Midland Trail fourteen and nine. Um Tug Valley, the way that sectionals and regionals have been drawn out, have been playing teams over the years that, one, aren't really all that close to Naugatuck, and two, aren't traditional rivals. Has it been kind of interesting to see just these different teams running into Tug Valley? I mean, Just a few years ago, you had Greenbrier West over for a regional game.
8: Yeah, you know, uh, like you said, uh, it, it's just where Tug Valley is so secluded, it's uh, you know, we're a good distance away from any single A team. You know, uh, Tulsa. I mean, just for example, closest school that we got, Mingo Central. They're a, a good size double A. Tulsa is double A. They're going to be dropped single A next year, though. But uh, you know, Wayne double A, uh, Spring Valley triple A, all the Wayne County teams, and even whenever you go to Logan County, the closest single A team to us is man, and Even even so, man, it's uh, a good hour trip from Nogales.
1: Oh, that's a good oh, uh, and and it's a good album. I mean, yeah, I'm,
2: I'm going to say you're, you're really your closest single team might be Huntington St. Joe.
8: Yeah, honestly, honestly, it would be. Uh, it's uh, it's a good spread out region, and, uh, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely, we played some good competition over these past couple of years. Uh, past few years, you know, uh, Greater Beckley Christian. That's always been a great game for Tug Valley, and uh, but you know, nonetheless. You know, with the restructuring of the classes here next year, Tulsa dropping to single-A, man moving up to double-A, it's going to be a crazy, uh, a crazy regional, a crazy section again for us.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Midland Trail will have to make a 117-mile, two-hour, 28-minute venture over to Naugatuck uh, next week. Hey, Jordan, thanks for taking time out to talk with us, and sorry we had to put you on hold for so long.
8: Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, it's Jordan Mouse, WXCC. You know who else has been on hold a long time? brian johnson wcef 30 minutes sorry about that brian we've been a little bit backed up tonight obviously a big night when they get into the postseason ripley falls tonight to capital but ripley still with an opportunity to go to the state tournament
8: sure do guys a lot to play for and uh you know man, you just have to take your hat off the capital that's an outstanding basketball team and uh they're deep athletic uh, they really have all the pieces and uh have to take uh, head off to our kids as well. They they fell down 16 points at halftime, and just a resilient group, man. They battled back. They got to within a bucket, and uh, some questionable officiating at the end of the game. I'm not really going to get into it, but the game was much closer than the 10-point the uh, deficit that uh, shows on the scoreboard. It was a possession game up until about 20 seconds remaining. So you have to give a lot to uh, our kids for hanging in there, and of course, Capital they're They're going to be a tough out for whoever gets them uh, in the tournament, uh, no question about it.
1: Well, Ripley will take on the winner of the Woodrow Wilson game against Greenbrier East, that game tomorrow. Ripley's had mixed levels of uh, competition, or at least competitiveness against Woodrow this year. They've played twice, just four days apart. And uh, Woodrow won the first game in Ripley by five won the second game in South Charleston in the uh, MSAC, not of champions, by 24. So, uh, you know, if it if it is Woodrow who will be favored against Greenbrier East, then uh, that's a matchup that Ripley knows it can compete in, but has to play well to compete in.
8: Oh, no question about it. Um, you know, we have to really control tempo and uh, get the ball in the paint and, and utilize our big down there and, and play similar. To how we played against South Charleston on Wednesday night, and we were able to upend them in a huge night by Brandon Napper, forty-five. Uh, and uh, you know, Wood or Beckley is uh, one of those teams, guys, that uh, they've been there, they've done that. They got the matching socks and T-shirt, and uh, <laughs> it's a new uncharted territory. You know, it's new uncharted territory for the Vikings, and uh, I think uh, in my mind, you will see an inspired bunch after the way this game ended tonight. Uh, they'll be ready to play, uh, regardless of who they play or where they play on Tuesday night. Uh, but I do feel like that our kids believe. Uh, now, obviously, they have to play their A game; that they can play with Beckley and, and uh, you know give them all they want. Uh, but uh, they again have to take care of the basketball, have to rebound the basketball, and that was a couple of things tonight that, that came back to haunt
1: us. Well, Brian, one final note: Ripley got to this game by beating South Charleston eighty to sixty-seven two nights ago that caught some people off guard but ripley had already beaten south charleston by one earlier this year in ripley so i think it, it, I, I think you are aware of this i think we're kind of aware of this ripley may be better than it has been in recent years maybe it's better than it is perceived you think though that now with that postseason win over south charleston that starts to get a little bit more positive attention for the vikings
8: I hope so. Um, you know, we said all year long, uh, this Ripley team is a team that could lose to anybody, or they could win to any, uh, beat anybody. You know, uh, it, it's not a very deep team right now. We are uh, a big team uh, with our front line to two six eight guys and uh, Jameson Hunt uh, running the point, who's just done a tremendous job uh, for this basketball team. But they did feel like uh, they could beat South Charleston. Obviously, after doing it at home one time. I expected uh, a, a tight game. I knew South Charleston would be teed up and ready to go, but Coach Faulkner had our guys ready to play. And you know, we came out uh, to start the fourth period with a three-point lead and went on an eleven-to-two run and never looked back from that point on. And uh, that was a brand of basketball uh, in that first part of the fourth period against South Charleston that I'm not sure I have seen a better executed brand of basketball at Ripley in my time of doing this in about 15 years so uh, it, it was really gratifying to see for our kids we've got a great group and uh, you know they work really hard they love playing basketball with each other and, and you could really just kind of see in their eyes that they didn't want this thing to end and uh, they were going to will themselves to victory that night and that Tell you what Brandon Knapper was fantastic as advertised that kid is dynamite and he will be an excellent player in Morgantown uh, in the years to come no question about it and and that was just a huge statement win for our program and for Coach Faulkner in his early uh, stages of getting things going here at Ripley
1: so Ripley falls tonight to capital in the sectional final but will be in the regional co-championship game next week at either Woodrow Wilson or Greenbrier East on Tuesday night Brian Johnson WCEF I know Bill Cornwell has one thing for you real quick we were running out of time here though didn't you just get back from Disney World
9: (laughs) I did (laughs) did.
2: Brian I hate uh, you
8: I took my one-year-old, took my one-year-old down there wow. for his first birthday. So we okay. had, we had a great time.
2: I would move in there if they would uh, give me a hotel room. <laughs> I would like live down there. I love it.
8: Well, Bill, my wife would too, buddy. She <laughs> absolutely loves that place. I can tell you that much right now. I'm down there at least three times a year. Okay,
2: so. <laughs> I, I'm, I've, uh, I make, I make at least once change. a year.
11: Hey,
8: you're
1: a Wildcat fan. You can tag along with me anytime you want, Bill. Hey, it's right on, baby. Hey, there you go. All right, that's Brian Donson, WCM. Always for. Hey, sorry for cutting you loose. You want to say "Go Big Blue"? Yeah, hey, Kentucky fan. We yeah. understand. Well, that. well
2: he, he kicked Kentucky, and then I like Kentucky, so there you uh, go. There,
1: there you go. So we got to have. We got to have a side. Take a break. When we come back, we'll get another scoreboard <laughs> update. We'll talk with Justin Turner, WVOW Radio. Yeah, the Logan Huntington game tonight. All that and more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia goes on. We're into our second hour already here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations, including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, LP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. LP Huntington, ninety seven point nine FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, one oh one point one FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, ninety one point five FM WRSG Middleburn, one oh six point seven FM WHFI Linside, one oh one point nine FM and twelve ninety AM WVOW Logan, ninety point seven FM WFGH Fort K. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay. Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com.
0: This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.05
1: on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. We'll talk in just a moment with Justin Turner, WVOW. He had to call the logan Huntington boys game. But first, it's time for a BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. Girls Class AA regional co-finals that were postponed from last night. In Region 3, Wyoming East defeats Pikeview, 62-34. Tulsa in Region 4 defeats Polka, 63-37. And they will end up as number one seed Wyoming East and number eight seed Tulsa. We'll have the entire double A. And uh, we'll we'll lay out the entire girls' state basketball tournament a little bit later on tonight in our program as well. You can always see it on basketballnight.com boys sectional tournament finals in class single a region one section one magnolia defeats wheeling central 78 54 preston boswell 78 74 preston boswell scores 54 tonight for magnolia chase harler 41 in the loss for wheeling central in region two section two it was pendleton county over pocahontas county 61 57 in region three section one tug valley defeats van 57 32 Region 3, Section 2, Fayetteville improves to 18-2. The Pirates over the Midland Trail Patriots, 74-54. So next Wednesday night, Midland Trail goes to Naugatuck to take on Tug Valley. Van will visit Fayetteville. Class A, Region 4, Section 1, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Doddridge County, 57-50. Parkersburg Catholic will play host to a regional final next Wednesday. Doddridge County will go on the road. Joe has the double-A score.
3: In Region 1, Section 1, it was Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, 89 46. In Region 1, Section 2, it was Ravenswood over Webster County, 57 40. In Region 2, it was Kaiser over Frankfurt, 57 56. And in Region 2, Section 2, it was Bridgeport, and a close one over Robert C. Byrd, 53 51. In region four, it was the polka dots over the Sissonville Indians 6639. And in a tight one, it went right down to the wire in uh, section or region four, section two, it was the Chapmanville Tigers over the Scott Skyhawks thirty-eight thirty-six. Bill, let's take a look at single or triple A. Class triple A. Region 1, Section
2: 1, Parkersburg South Patriots knock off their rivals, the Big Reds of Parkersburg, 69-55. Meanwhile, Section 2 of Region 1, Morgantown beats rival University, 65-49. Setting your regional finals, Parkersburg South hosting University, Parkersburg going to Morgantown on Tuesday. In Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg takes care of Musselman, 62-55. While in Section 2, it was Lewis County over Hampshire. 63-51, 63-51, Musselman goes to Lewis County, Martinsburg hosting Hampshire next week. In Region 3, Section 1 Capital Cougars meeting Ripley sixty-nine fifty-nine, and we'll know the uh, future opponents of these teams tomorrow because Woodrow Wilson and Greenbrier East will be playing tomorrow. And in Region 4, Section 1, Perkin Redskins return to the regional finals as they knocked off In-county rival Winfield, 47-35, Region 4, Section 2. Huntington Highlanders over Logan, 71-52. That means Hurricane will be hosting Logan next Tuesday in Region 4 Co-Championship, while the uh, Winfield Generals will be going up uh, top of Highlander Mountain to take on the Huntington Highlanders.
1: That's look at your basketball com scoreboard update. All of these you can follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. And something that that means is that there will be a team with a losing record in Charleston in the triple a boy state tournament, because Logan is 10 and 13 hurricane is 10 and 14 mm-hmm. on the season. WVOW Justin Turner had the call of the Huntington went over Logan tonight. He is, uh, was on the Logan broadcast and, uh, Justin, rough night for the Wildcats. I know that it's been a little bit of a, a, a week in turmoil for for that club, but getting the win over Spring Valley earlier in the week, uh, losing tonight to Huntington, but still an opportunity to go to the state tournament with a game next week at Hurricane.
8: Yeah, Logan hoping to get back on track there Tuesday uh, over at Hurricane. and uh, Yeah, like you said, a little bit of turmoil there with uh, the absence of the head coach uh, due to an illness, and uh, but the assistant coach... Stan Elkins uh, has really uh, stepped up uh, for the Wildcats. And, uh, you know, he used to be the assistant with uh, Rabbit over at Tug Valley. And uh, he came to Logan this year to be uh, assistant to Alan uh, Hatcher. But uh, nonetheless, uh, actually, uh, John Ryan Steele uh, called the game with me tonight. And uh, sitting beside us was uh, Willie Akers. And, uh, (laughs) you know, they say back in in the day Coach Akers used to throw a chair, too. And I thought he was about (laughs) to throw one tonight. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Huntington had thirteen threes in the game, and um, and I'm I'm thinking about eleven of those came in the first half. I mean, it, it's just like everything they threw up was going in, and and like uh, uh, John Ryan Steele said, you know, uh, hopefully uh, somebody can put a lid over that rim. And uh, it, it was just it was just rough for the Wildcats yeah. tonight, but. Uh, and uh, offensively in the first quarter, the Wildcats didn't look too bad. But, uh, you know, defensively, they're back in a 2-3. And just, uh, you know, uh, Davian Dunn-Martin uh, uh, lit it up from the three-point line. Yeah. Also, Jalen Pennington, both those guys had 17 tonight.
9: Yeah,
2: the thing about Huntington, uh, Justin, is uh, they actually are a little bit deeper team this year. And uh, uh, Michael Dawson's been a nice addition to them. But you're, you're right. Uh, that's quite a combination with Jalen Pennington and Tavian Dun Martin, and that's a lot for any team like Logan to handle. When those guys have so much experience, I mean, they've been down to Charleston, won championships, and here they are back for a third time, and uh, that's tough to battle against any time.
3: Yeah, I was listening to the broadcast, and I you know, think but- I think the first four shots there they hit was was three pointers. You know, that, that makes a long night for oh, yeah. for a team.
8: Well, that's all they made in the first quarter was threes, uh, and then they had uh, they went one for two from the line in the first quarter. Uh, it, was, it was pretty unbelievable. But uh, like you guys said, you know, very experienced Huntington High School team. Uh, you know, twenty five and or twenty six and one now in the season, and uh, very deserving of what they get. Uh, you know, Coach Test does a great job over uh, uh, there for the Highlanders, and uh, you know, Logan. Uh, most of the teams they played this year, they were you know height wise. You know, they had the advantage, but, uh, you know, just strutting them to get the ball in the
1: basket. A tough loss tonight for Logan. And anytime Huntington shoots like that, that, that it's hard to beat them on a night when they don't shoot the ball well, let alone when they shoot that well. And, uh, Huntington now 22 and 1, Logan 10 and 13. But again, the Wildcats will be at Hurricane next week and, uh, Justin, I know uh, we, we talked with Mark catcher just a little bit earlier. He was telling us that Alan Hatch will have to have triple bypass surgery in the next few days, so obviously he will not be on the sidelines uh, again this upcoming week, so it's a quick turnaround, but uh, I'm sure that they'll put in a good game plan and be ready to go.
8: Yeah, I'm sure uh, that Mark really wants to get back out there now, especially <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he's really getting the fever. He's actually going to join us uh, tomorrow morning. We have the uh, Alan Hatcher show. We're going to do some call-ins tomorrow morning, but uh, tomorrow Mark said he's going to step in for his dad, so it should be interesting on WVOW tomorrow morning and uh, uh, with the calls. And uh, I think Mark Hatcher is really itching to get back into it. <laughs>
3: Justin, can you tell any difference in the attitude or you know the team with with Coach Hatcher not being there? You know,
8: I, I think they're. I was in the locker room uh, before the game and uh it's kind of quiet to be honest with you I think they're really uh you know they're they're really thinking about uh, coach Hatcher uh, obviously and um, uh, you know it, it's just uh it's kind of different you know you don't go through that very often uh, where you you know your coach is out with an illness and uh, uh but like I said coach elkins uh, is really trying to pick up the ball there it's hard Hard shoes to fill, uh, but uh, he, he's uh, doing a pretty good job
1: right now. All right, Justin, we appreciate you taking time to talk with us and I uh, apologize for having to uh, leave you on hold so long.
8: Oh, no problem. No problem. Y'all have
1: a good evening. All right, you too. Justin Turner, WVOW Radio. He had the call of the Logan-Huntington boys game. Huntington winning the sectional final. Logan, though, will travel to Hurricane next week.
2: Yeah, Logan and Hurricane did not play during the regular season. As far as the other uh, Region 4 uh, Winfield and Huntington did play, obviously both the MSAC members, and Huntington beat Winfield by twelve seventy nine sixty
1: seven. Right now, we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Derek Taylor of the Charleston Gazette-Mail. He was at the Tulsa Poker game tonight. He was at the Wayne Systemville girls game last night. I think he's been at a game just about every night this week, so we can <laughs> we can cover a lot of ground with Derek when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball
5: Friday Night in West Virginia will return Chris. in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's High School Voice. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty 1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53, J. Mark Gladwell at MD Wildcat Hoops. Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty, at Tyler underscore 242424, Jody Basil, R, at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs, at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young, Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers, giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team's scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the basketball Friday Nighted West Virginia family.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone,
1: James Collier, and Ryan Epling. Well, it's not Rick Marone. It's not <laughs> James Collier tonight. It is Ryan Epling along with Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville back with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And um, busy night uh, across the state. Boy sectional tournament championship games in many sections tonight. Regional finals and girls in AA, two of them were played tonight because of being postponed from weather yesterday. One of them was Tulsa's win tonight, against Polka at Rebel Arena in Glenn Hayes. Tulsa gets the home win. Derek Taylor has, was down there with the Charleston Gazette Mail. Uh he joins us now on the program. He was also like I said, Derek's been in a lot of games this week. So uh we'll we'll pick his brain a little bit here. Uh Derek this is this is probably for a sports rider the most wonderful slash tiring time of the year.
12: Yeah, I would agree. I mean uh thanks for having me on first of all. Uh the uh the opening night of sectionals I think i tweeted i 'll sleep on march nineteenth <laughs> you know, the, the last game of the last night of the boys tournament that 's pretty much the way it is, but um, you know I had four elimination games this week, and i can 't think of a better primer for this next two weeks than
1: that, so you know see some good stuff this week well tonight you got to see Dina Gerald score thirty four points and lead Tulsa to the girls' double A state tournament in a win over polka. Um, I don't know if you'd had a chance to see her earlier in the season or not, but she's a freshman and um she's she's got game.
12: I I actually that was the third time I wow. saw her. I saw her the, the thing is, and this is what I was thinking about on my drive back to Huntington, was that um you know, I, I saw Tulsa and her obviously uh in the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout. And then I saw them at uh Sissonville in January and then tonight, and what I'm seeing is, look, they, uh, Deanna Gerald is the scoring machine of this team, but this team is is maturing. There's a reason they're going to the state tournament, and it's not just an accidental, you know, fluky kind of thing. I mean, uh, do they beat Wayne like they did in the sectional, you know, more than five out of ten times? I doubt it, because I think, I really do think Wayne is one of the eight best teams in the state right now. But you know, they they got through that. They got that win, and look, Tina Charles is. If anybody wants to see the next big thing, they better be at the Civic Center at five thirty next Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, I mean, the kid brings it, and, and just it has so much energy. And you know, I had the, uh, the the good fortune to have a seat right next to the Tulsa bench when I, I was covering the game. And you know she's right there at the end of every timeout, firing everybody up, just, just she energy from from opening tip to to the final buzzer, and uh, you know she's she, she's real fun to watch play. I'll tell you that much.
1: Big win tonight for Tulsa. And let's move back a day too. You, and I was you and I were sure. at the same game uh, last night, uh, Sissonville beating Wayne yep. by a final of sixty-seven to forty-eight. A game that was. In spurts, it was both teams hit some pretty good runs in that game, so it was close. And it, I believe it, would extend out, it would tighten up again, then spread back out. Um, but Michaela Long has really come on for a system Bill. and I know a lot of people uh, may have the perception of the two guards and Carly Pinkerton and Madison right. Jones, who had such phenomenal state tournaments a year ago, especially Pinkerton in Charleston, and uh, yeah. um, Long Long can play too. She had twenty seven last night and six threes.
12: You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if people weren't scouting and uh, you know preparing for Michaela long before this last month or so, they they will be now. I mean, you know, she's been their leading scorer in several games in the last month of the season. Um, and last, you know, last night, last night, gosh, uh, was, <laughs> was no different. Um, what she yeah, got twenty seven, I believe, last night. I don't have it in front of me, yes. but I mean, you know, she was. A member of the uh, the now defunct Daily Mail, um, the All Rookie Team last year, and early on in this season, she looked like she really—I don't know—I don't want to call it a sophomore slump or anything like that, but you know, she—I I didn't know if she was going to take the natural progressive step. Somewhere along the middle of the season, though, she kicked it in, and now they've got you know three girls you know, along with, as you said, Pinkerton and Jones, who could go off for 30 at any night.
9: Yeah.
12: And, you know, that's going to be a handful. Look, I, you know, I know that you've seen my reaction. I know that a lot of people have seen my reaction. I have no idea how that team is the 4th seeded team in the state tournament. Yeah, that... that's... Just... I mean, the 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 field is really stacked. It really is. I think there's six teams that can legitimately win the title. But as I as I said, they're twenty three and two. They haven't lost since December. They have their top four scores from a title winning team last year back, but whatever. You know <laughs> we'll see how it plays out.
1: It really feels like that Big Ten Cardinal Conference challenge is almost being held against them.
12: Yeah, I mean I I can see that. I mean, they lost to North Marion in that. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, um, and then they lost a game at tournament in South Carolina, um, and they've just they've just blistered everybody since. Now, to be fair, I think on the whole, this was a down year for the Cardinal Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was very top heavy. You know, I mean, Tulsa, they're you know making it. At fourteen and eleven, they they were not ranked all year. Really, it was Sissonville and Wayne, and you know Wayne only kind of crept up into to the middle levels of the rankings there later in the year. Um, But nevertheless, when you've got that kind of statistical firepower coming back, and you're twenty three and two, I you know no knock on Fairmont senior or whatever, but I I don't know, I,
1: I don't know how
12: that. You know, <laughs> it,
1: it, right? No, I, I absolutely I have some guesses, but I'll leave that out. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that. And, um, one, yeah. one, one last note to to get with you here, uh, and uh, again on that game that you were at last night, uh, Ariel Adkins for Wayne scores 25 points. I know that she was the double A All State, yep. uh, second team captain as a freshman. And then uh, this year, her numbers yeah. haven't quite been as large, but her supporting cast uh, was much improved uh, this season. So she didn't have to do as much. But obviously, you got to see her play three different times this year, at least that I'm aware right. of. Um, she's yeah. she's in the mix as one of the better players in the in double as well.
12: I, I I would say so definitely. Uh, you know, I was talking last night about this, and we've seen, if you don't mind me elaborating a oh, little go bit. Go right <laughs> We, uh, you know, we've seen a a trend in the last 10 to 15 years of multiple all-state selections from single teams um, that earlier in my career, it was really rare to see in basketball. Um, this year, I think in AA, I think there's... In my opinion, this is just me, and there's, a there's what, 70 other writers and 120 okay. coaches that can disagree with me. Um, but I think, you know, the All-State team is eight players, and I think I, I don't foresee a team having more than one. I think Ariel Adkins is one of those eight. I think Dina Geralds is there. I think Carly Pinkerton, Gabby Lupartis, Hope Bray from Lincoln, um I did it. Erica Bowles from Fairmont Sr. Megan Holler from North Marion. I just don't see anybody loading up because I think double A was that stacked with star players this year.
1: Seems to me that double A um and I think you agree with them and I'm uh, just going off of what you said as well there that uh, maybe any of the mm-hmm. top six seeds could win it this year. Uh it just seems like double A yeah. was very, very uh balanced and good. I mean, not not oh, not absolutely. bad balanced, good balanced. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we
12: talk about this a lot in football. I mean, that, there's more parity, but it, it's not just parity this season in this sport. It's it's really good, you know, really good teams. You know, it, like you just said, it's not bad balance. I mean, it's very competitive. Um, I think next – I think easily the double-A tournament is going to be the most exciting. I personally – I personally feel that, barring a minor miracle, there are only two teams that go in the AAA state title, and that's Morgantown and Huntington. I mean, with Talia Cashwell out of the mix for South Charleston, that's a lot to ask Aaliyah Dunham to go on a three-game winning streak and put on her back to do. I don't think Parkersburg South has the chemistry and – um you know, I don't know. I saw that against Buckingham and Upshur, and I know. Look, until Parkersburg South beats Morgantown, I, I'm not going to consider them a title contender, a serious one. Um, you know, they they may get that opportunity in the semifinals. They probably will, but I, I don't see anything, anybody beyond Morgantown and Huntington winning that. And obviously, in single A, if somebody beats St. Joe, I'll you know, I'll take them out for a beer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the last time St. Joe's won or lost to a West Virginia team off the top of my head. And I don't expect it to happen next week.
1: Right. Hey, Derek, uh, thank you so much for taking time out to join us tonight. And, uh... uh. Take a little breather and get right back into it. Busy couple of weeks. Still ahead right of on, man. Have a great
12: weekend. Thanks uh, for
1: having me on. All right. That's Derek Taylor, Charleston Gazette Mail. He had Tulsa Polka tonight, Wayne Sissonville last night, and about 15 other games over the course of the past <laughs> week and a half as well. We're going to step aside take a break right now. We'll come back. We'll talk with Preston Boswell. He had 54 points tonight. Magnolia beating Wheeling Central. We'll talk with him. We'll have all another scoreboard update for you when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will
5: return
6: in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com. scores at basketball go to our website and check it out find out how you can connect with the show A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at kfox underscore Provado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at luda304, Coach Wiley at alex1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
5: Celebrating high school basketball around the mountain state, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan
1: Epling. 10.30 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Bill Cornwell back with you on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We've got a whole queue of callers ready to go, so we'll (laughs) get to them in just a moment. So let's jump in right now with another scoreboard update. Looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. We start with the two girls' co-regional games, the final two regional games in the state. They were postponed from last night to tonight because of weather. Wyoming East defeats Pikeview, 62-34. And it was Tulsa with 34 points from Dina Gerald's defeating Polka, 63-37. So Wyoming East and Tulsa both head to Charleston, and they'll play each other in the opening round of the girls' state basketball tournament. Now, in boys', Sectional final action. Bill, we'll start with you in class AAA. All right, class AAA in section one.
2: It was Parkersburg South knocking off rival Parkersburg 69 55. Region one, section two, Morgantown takes out another rival, University. Final score Mohegan 65, the Skyhawks of University 49. That sets up the regional finals in region one. Parkersburg South hosting University. Parkersburg traveling to Morgantown in region two. Section 1, Martinsburg gets the win over the Musselman-Appleman, 6255. In the Section 2 of Region 2, it was Lewis County knocking off Hampshire, 6351. Hampshire makes the trip to Martinsburg next Tuesday for the regional co-final. Lewis County will host the Musselman-Appleman. In Region 3, Section 1, Capital knocks off Ripley, 6959. Their opponents next week will be determined tomorrow as Woodrow Wilson and Greenbrier East will be playing tomorrow. And that, of course, Ripley will be going on the road to either Woodrow or Greenbrier, whoever is the winner tomorrow. The loser of that game tomorrow goes to Capitol. And in Region 4, Section 1, Perkin Redskins get the win over in-county rival Winfield, 47-35. And in Section 2, Region 4, Huntington. Knocks off Logan 71 52. Logan goes to Hurricane next Tuesday in a regional co championship. Huntington Highlanders will host Winfield.
3: In class AA, in Region 1, Section 1, it was the Polar Bears, a Fairmont senior, over East Fairmont, 89 46. In Region 1, Section 2, it was Ravenswood over Webster County, 57 40. In Region 2, Section 1, it was Kaiser over Frankfurt, 57-56. Region 2, Section 2, it was the Bridgeport Indians over the RCB Eagles, 53-51. In section four, or region four, section one, it was the Polka Dots over Sissonville, sixty-six thirty-nine. In region four, section two, it was the Chapmanville Tigers over the Scott Skyhawks. Uh, one game be played tomorrow. It'll be a or a Wyoming County battle as Wyoming East takes on West Side
1: Class Single A tomorrow. It will be St. Joe and Charleston Catholic in the Class A Region Four Section Two. Uh, championship game in region 4 section 1 it was Parkersburg Catholic 57 Doddridge County 50 region 3 section 1 Tug Valley defeats Van 57 32 region 3 section 2 Fayetteville defeats Midland Trail 74 54 Midland Trail at Tug Valley Van at Fayetteville next week class A region 2 section 2 Pendleton County defeats Pocahontas County 61 57 and in Region 1, Section 1, it was Magnolia 78, Wheeling Central 74. Chase Harler had 41 in a loss for Wheeling Central. Preston Boswell, though, a school record. 54 points tonight in the victory for the Blue Eagles, the reigning state champions. One went away from going back to Charleston. That's your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. And fresh off his 54-point performance, Preston Boswell, the senior guard, joins us uh, tonight. And uh, Preston, 54 points against Wheeling Central. I think tonight is a pretty good night for you, would you say?
10: Oh, yeah, it was a a great night. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't have done it without my team, though.
1: You've been a guy who's been a a 30-plus-point-a-night player, basically, for your ball club. Um, What made tonight different 54 a school record i mean even for a guy scoring 30 plus a night 54 is a a standout night
10: oh yeah um my i i my teammates set some uh they made some nice passes and got me some more even more extra and maybe easy buckets and um i got to the line a lot um it's not a great percentage, but I was like nineteen for a twenty-seven. I think I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so your team now twenty and two, in the reigning uh, Class A state champs, Willing Central, twenty-one and two. Obviously, that is a very difficult section. But in winning the section, you get a home game in the uh, in the regional co final, and now you're one win from going back to Charleston. I, I know that. All that is kind of icing on the cake, but for you guys, I know Wheeling Central is a rivalry game, and it has become one since Magnolia dropped to Class A just now about four years ago, but that has been a very intense rivalry and a big win for you guys. What about Wheeling Central brings out the best in Magnolia?
9: Oh,
10: we we love playing them. They're such a great team. They have great players, including Chase, who's one of the the best in the state. Um, And it just, all the fans get rowdy, and it's a really fun game to play in because both teams just want to win it so bad, and um, we always spud heads, and it's it's great to watch and even better to play in.
1: I think when you're growing up, you always have, uh, now again, I know when you were growing up, willing central wasn't exactly the rival for magnolia because magnolia spent most of the time there in double a but uh since you've been in high school in class a i know growing up you always would you know anyone who plays basketball they kind of have that dream of that big game that big performance in that big game did this exceed anything that you'd ever dreamed of
10: yeah yeah (laughs) i can't lie yeah that was really exciting (laughs)
1: Of Preston Loveswell, 54 points tonight in Magnolia's win over Wheeling Central. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations on a great game. And we wish you guys the best of luck next week in the regional.
10: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having
1: me. All right. Hey, he deserved it tonight. 54 points. Man, those guys
2: are on fire. They have not lost since January 2nd. That's quite a record. and he, he's a senior, of course, and you kind of wonder, because he's a big scorer. He's been a big scorer all year. Somebody surely in the MEC or somewhere has got to give this guy a chance to play some college uh, ball. Oh, uh, yeah. He, yeah he, we've talked about Chase Harler, and, yeah, he's going to end up at West Virginia, obviously, and he's going to do, I'm sure he'll do well. But uh,
1: Preston Boswell, someone's got to get him because he's a player. Uh, from well, well, we'll talk more about that in, in just a moment, but. Uh, do want to mention first off that we will talk with Magnolia Coach Dave Tallman a little bit later on. uh, Preston Boswell is committed to wheeling Jesuit, by the way. Okay, well, that's a good choice and a very good program. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to clarify that. We'll talk with Dave Tallman in a moment. Uh, We'll also talk with uh, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, a little bit later on tonight. And we'll have our standout athlete of the week uh, join us too in a moment. But before all that, one of the great finishes tonight came at the Logan Fieldhouse. Surprise, surprise, right? That, that, that arena <laughs> just tends to... the history, yeah. Yeah, just has a lot of, <laughs> lot of magic. As Chapmanville Regional defeat, defeated Scott tonight in the AA Region 4 Section 2 Championship game, Chapmanville winning that game by a final of 38-36. Chris Kidd, WVOW, had the final call.
11: It'll be day to inbound it from in front of the Scott bench. He gets it in the Bell. Down to six seconds. Bell driving to the basket. Goes up and under. layup. up. Rolls off the rim.
13: No good. Rebounded by Browning. And we get a foul in the backcourt. A foul. Let's see here with 0.1 seconds left. Oh, my God. This is going to send Browning to the line for a one-and-one with 0.1 seconds left. A reach-in foul against the Skyhawks. And that's a one-and-one, though, Chris. He only gets one opportunity to ice this game. I have not seen anybody since we started this broadcasting for years for anybody to be under this kind of pressure with this big a crowd and in this kind of a rivalry. He has a chance to ice the game, but he has one chance to do it. Well, it's Browning who's the leading scorer tonight with 14 points. A chance for the sectional title. He hits it! He hits it! Chapmanville leads it by one with .1 seconds left. The Chapmanville section has erupted as the Scott fans starting to hit the exits. He hits them both only point one left scott won't even be able to get a shot off and the tigers are the sectional champions as underwood nearly threw it in from half court but it wouldn't have counted anyway and what a comeback by the tigers in the second half they outscore scott 19 to 6 and they take the sectional championship for the second time in three years. And what heartbreaking fashion for the Skyhawks in the way that they lost this game here tonight. Again, controlled this throughout, led it by 11 at halftime, and just fell apart in the second half offensively, Brian. Again, only six points for Scott and only one field goal in the entire second
3: half.
1: That is Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio. He joins <laughs> us now. Chris, you calm down yet? Yeah.
11: No, <laughs> yeah, I can answer that. Uh, I, I gotta start getting more excited about the. Yeah, things. I mean, I, I, I got, I gotta let my personality out a little bit more. I mean, I, I really hold it in. <laughs> Show some more passion. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, well, you know, I, I worked with Ryan, fortunately, there at WMUL for a couple of years, and I've been uh, really fortunate here the last few weeks to be able to do some games with uh, Joe Lindpil, uh, you know. And I, I know Joe's from Scott, and I know that it's uh, that that was. I know it's tough for uh, for him not being there tonight and being able to be a part of that. Uh, but uh, I mean, man, just uh, unbelievable the way that that game finished. I mean, it's two times in three years now where. Scott uh, Scott just had heartache at the end of it again. Two years ago, it was the uh, three. Was it a three? Was it not a three from Logan Webb in the corner where they waved it off, and uh, then tonight you hit the foul with point one seconds left. Now, I asked a lot of people after the game because I couldn't really see it. Uh, from where I was at, there were bodies everywhere underneath the basket after a uh, bell layup rolled off the rim. Uh, I thought it was going to go in or fall in, and I was looking at the clock to see if Chapman would have any time left to even get a heave off. And then you saw. Browning hip of deck, and uh, you know he said he was tripped after the game in the post game interview, and Brad mapper said the same, and a lot of people around the area said yeah he was tripped, but then a lot of people also said but the way the game was being called in the second half, which uh, you know there were there were a few muggings that happened in the second <laughs> half that uh, kind of let go, and uh, you know that that a lot of people said the way it was being called maybe it should have been let go, but it was either going to be a travel or a foul in that situation, and. Uh, for Chapmanville, fortunately, they uh, they signaled uh, a foul on it. But uh, you know, you, you really do have to feel for Nick Cavill and the Skyhawks. I mean, Nick Cavill's one of the more uh, affluent, easygoing people and nicest people you can talk to. And uh, a lot of his kids. I mean, they work so hard in that community over at Scott to really get that program to where it's at and uh, do it. Uh, you know, and they had those famous T-shirts last year. Means more because we're local, and uh, uh, and I understand that. I mean, a lot of communities feel like uh, you know you should. Keep a lot of your local players and so on and so forth. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I really give a lot of credit to them and uh, how well they've done. But, uh, I mean, for Chapmanville, though, to be this young and to do what they've done, again, only one senior on the roster and two juniors, and in the, in their primary scorers and talent uh, are freshmen and sophomores right now. And uh, Kyle Browning, someone that they don't look to to score a lot. Uh, it led the team in scoring tonight with 16 points. And, uh, you know, at halftime, I, I looked at Brian, my, my brother, who does the games with me, and I looked at him and said, well, it looks like we're heading to poker on, uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday next week. And, uh, I mean, this team just doesn't quit. I mean, nine wins in their last 10 games. And uh, uh, to be able to knock Scott off uh, like that, I know that, it's, uh, that means a lot to uh, Brad Knapper and this young team.
2: Tell you what, Chris, this will be interesting uh, next week in the in the regional final because this is going to be the rubber match of three between Chapmanville and Sissonville. Obviously, Cardinal Conference mates, and Chapmanville beat uh, Sissonville, but tended home, then uh, lost by nine at Sissonville. So, looks like really evenly matched teams, and you'd think Chapmanville will really should enjoy a little advantage with the home court.
11: Yeah, because they, like you said, they won at home by ten. Now that was a game, though, that Sissonville led by eight going into the fourth quarter, and Chathamville just blew them out in the fourth quarter. I think I'll score them twenty six to eight, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, ended up winning that game by ten. Then over in Sissonville, Chathamville, I mean they they've rarely had success over there, and uh, got out to a to a bad start in the first quarter, fell down. I think it was 16-3 to 3 after the first period and just never really recovered from it. Uh, but the interesting thing about all that was that in this winning streak for Chapmanville, they won 9-10. of 10. The only loss in that 9-10 of 10 was that system, bill. And uh, we talked about it all year long. Uh, even Joe and I have had these conversations about how important it is to win the section because we all know where the loser was going to head, and that's yeah. going to be over to <laughs> right. uh, but uh But even then, we all even said that even the winner of the section, it's not going to be uh, easy sledding trying to get to Charleston because you're going to have to deal with Herbert Hoover or Sissonville in order to get there, I mean that's a Sissonville team. The Rich scheme does a tremendous job. They've got uh, four guards. They can spread the floor. They all can shoot the three. It's very difficult to guard that ball club. And uh, Chathamville's been getting a lot more production out of their bigs as of late. I think that'll be the advantage in the game for the Tigers uh, when Sissonville comes here next week. And uh, you know Hunter Neels really emerged for Chathamville. Jordan Whip. Has had several big games down the stretch for the Tigers. Uh, even even Tyler Moore coming in, he's been able to do great in spot duty for them. So I think that'll be the plan for Chatmanville. But uh, a lot of that'll come down to uh, how they're able to guard, take care of the guards in that game uh, for for the Tigers to try and get back to Charleston. But I think that's going to be one of the more interesting matchups. Uh, Around the states and the regions next week between those two teams because they they don't particularly like each other
1: either. <laughs> hey, we're, we're gonna let Chris Kidd go now and uh, calm back oxygen. down, get his oxygen, <laughs> get him a good meal, get, get get his uh his stamina back up after that one. As uh Chapmanville beat Scott in a thriller tonight at the Logan Fieldhouse in the Double uh, A Region Four Section Two Title Game, two free throws with one-tenth of a second left in a one-on-one situation. Just unbelievable uh, and a big win there tonight for Chapmanville. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll introduce you to our standout athlete of the week. We'll also have Magnolia boys coach Dave Tallman. That's all with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports
6: Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday in West Virginia family we'd like you to become our correspondent update us on your team's reschedules scores and anything else you'd like to send about your teams follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send you can tweet text and email find out how by visiting basketballnight.com special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight a shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Hinesman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason nine eight nine, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thee, Tina Lane at Tina Lane seventy one, Jason Westfall, Coach D, Juan Life, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mister Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James
1: Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Bill Cornwell with you. Joined now by our special correspondent, Andrew Harrison. And Andrew, uh, we'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Macy Newsom, in, in a few moments. Uh, It'll be right after the uh, top of the hour. We'll talk with her. But, uh, Andrew, uh, I know you've got to uh, cover a little bit here about uh, learning more about our Standout Athlete of the Week, Macy Newsom from East Fairmont High School. and uh, She's someone who... um, Somewhere around Christmas time uh, uh, outside the stores in Fairmont might be familiar to some people.
14: Yeah, uh, Newsom, she makes sure she's a part of the Salvation Army and ringing the bells out there and making sure that Salvation Army gets some donations as well as there's awareness there uh, and trying to make sure that uh, as the Salvation Army gets itself uh, some uh, uh, extra funding in terms of uh, help that way. And she's someone who's adamant about that. And Coach Beckman uh, talked about it. It's not only her, she Helps lead other uh, players on that uh, team and program uh, with the Lady Bees and and doing that uh, Salvation Army uh, almost uh, activity. And and Andrews, and this is something that we've we've caught on with a lot of our standout
1: athletes of the week. She also works with children.
14: Yeah, she goes to grade school and grade schools and and elementary schools, and not only reads to them but works with them. Uh, Not only not in a, a sport. Uh, atmosphere but also uh, almost teaching wise and, and it's something that she's done and she's done since she's been with the lady bees uh from her freshman year and coach Beckman when he took over the program uh as when she was a sophomore she conti- has continued to do that and he says he, he is just uh, we'll miss her when she uh, as she uh, you know will no longer be a part of the program andrew now has more on our standout athlete week macy Newsom. Macy Newsom is a tough senior player for the East Fairmount Lady Bees, And she is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. She picked pocketed players and rebounded the basketball with enthusiasm. Sean Newsom, Macy's father, says she is a selfless player on the court.
10: She's took pride in being able to be an assistant kind of person to distribute the ball to the whole team instead of taking the layup she's one that pass the ball sometimes I get on her she passes too much but she's shown that you know she wants to be the full team player and getting everybody involved in an offense
14: basketball is not the only sport Newsom participates in at East Fairmount Mr. Newsom says Macy is also a cross-country runner and track athlete.
10: She made the finals in cross country her sophomore year. Went to Cabo Midland and participated in the cross country states as a sophomore. And then she made the Charleston every year as a, as a track sprinter from her freshman, sophomore, and junior year.
14: Newsom played the three guard for the Lady Bees this year. Lady Bees head coach James Beckman says Newsom was a leader for his squad this season.
8: Macy Newsom has been one of our leaders on the floor. When I say leaders, She's more lead by example. She's not a very vocal leader. She doesn't want to be that vocal leader. She wants those underclassmen and her teammates to see how she competes on the floor. There's no off night for Macy. What you see on the floor in practice is what you see in a game.
14: That leadership extended into mentorship for Newsom. As a senior this year, she embraced the role. Coach Beckman says she was leading and mentoring the younger players on his team all season long.
8: Well, I'll tell you, come mid-season this year, you knew what she was doing. She was training her younger players because I had one particular individual on our team tell us, I want to be the next Macy Newsom when she leaves. I want to be that player coach that defends the opponent's best player. I want to take her role next year. So she was training that young lady with us, us coaches, even knowing it.
14: Macy Newsom is a stellar athlete, but an even better student. She is someone who's grown from being a sixth man as a sophomore to a starter as a senior. She embraces the challenges thrown her way and has loved the game of basketball since she was a little girl. Newsom early in her life has built the pieces needed to succeed. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew, and we'll talk with Macy Newsom again at the top of the hour. So, uh... Another impressive standout athlete of the week. We, They all are, quite frankly. Absolutely. And she, she's another one as well. And uh, right now, someone who's been impressive, the Magnolia Blue Eagles uh, playing really good basketball right now, and including a win over Wheeling Central tonight. We talked with Preston Boswell. He had 54 points in that game just a moment ago. Dave Tallman is the head coach of the Blue Eagles. He joins us now. And uh, Coach Tallman, your ball club, Lost two games right about the new year. Lost to Wheeling Central and Trinity back-to-back. Have not lost since. And um, playing, playing really good ball over the past couple of months.
4: Right. Uh, so what some people forget is uh, we had a 14-0 and football season. Four of the top eight players on my team were football players. And uh, not to make excuses, but we are really peaking at the right time, and
1: it's exciting. And your ball club, again, we talked about getting that win. And Preston Boswell, 54 points. I think even for him, that's something you probably weren't expecting that much output going into tonight's game.
4: You know, he just went on a uh, tear. He, he wants to win. Uh, he loves his teammates. He loves this community. Uh, of course, he's stepping up against Chase Harler, who was Player of the Year last year in the state of West Virginia. And I don't think there's any secret that uh, Preston, uh, he has to be a candidate this year. There's no doubt. If anybody was at the game tonight, they have to be uh, thrilled to watch him play.
1: Well, I know you're thrilled to have him on your team instead of having to try to figure out how to guard him. Um, what is it that that he does? I mean, he got to the free throw line. And we talked to him. He said he shot about 27 free throws. He wasn't sure exactly how many. But, uh, what is it that he does obviously he can drive with the basketball, and it is tough to stop on penetration, but um from my understanding, he's got more of a complete game as well That's not just put his head down and drive to the basket
4: right, and he you know he got a lot stronger, so he can carry people to the rim and he gets some three point plays and uh that that's a credit to him, you know he could have said on uh, his laurels from last year. And uh, he went out and just worked his tail off. Danny Sand kind of a wheeling judge, was getting a gym. I can tell
15: you that.
1: Well, Coach Tallman, uh, Magnolia will get a home game in the uh, regional. Of course, that was a big deal also uh, with tonight's sectional win over Wheeling Central. But Class A, again, I know that last year it was a a situation where I think there, there were a lot of good teams, even though the top two made it and the top two played in the title game, you were in it, you won it. Um, but in terms of the the differential in the top, it's still a very slim margin for error.
4: All right. I mean, you you saw our first round game against Notre Dame last year. A great team, and we had to come from uh, uh, way behind. It was uh, kind of a miracle. And then Becky Beckley Christian, of course, in the semifinals, and uh, it's just a tough division all the way around, and this year, I think you have uh, five, if not six, really good teams. Unfortunately for uh, Scotty Sorrow at Williamstown, they got upset by Parker for Catholic. So you take one of them out of the mix. But uh, I'll tell you, we have a great challenge Wednesday night with St. Mary's, even though it's at home. Uh, and that's all we're looking forward to right now.
1: Coach, congratulations on the win tonight. I know you, uh, you guys are playing some real good basketball. And uh, best wishes next week as you try to get back to Charleston.
4: Hey, thanks for having us on. It's always a pleasure, and uh, you guys do a great job. You really do. And, you know, I'm all about promoting uh, high school basketball, and I don't think anybody does a better job than you guys.
1: Hey, we greatly appreciate that. That's Dave Tallman, the head coach of the Magnolia Blue Eagles. And, uh, you know, he hit a point there. I just want to hit it before we go to break here, though, that we do this for you guys. We do this for uh, not just the players, not just the coaches, not just the fans, for everyone. And this is a, this is you know, we consider this a celebration of high school basketball in the, in the state of West Virginia. I know, it come tournament time, it gets different. The competitive juices even hit another notch. But Joe, uh, you know, this this program allows us an opportunity to kind of bring everything together. Within a state that is geographically about as uh, diverse and spread apart as you can get,
3: I, I, you know it, it is. And you know, you're talking about you know going to the tournament and how things are different. But it's good to go to the tournament to see you know a lot of people. That's the only time I get to see them of the year. And I know you have a lot of friends and you know broadcasters and coach friends you know f- across the state. And, it, and it's a great opportunity when they do get to come to to Charleston and you know to bring the others in that didn't maybe didn't make the tournament, but come down and you uh, know. To, to celebrate with their friends and, and family.
1: So. And, and something that I would highly recommend for the folks who maybe have never played in a state tournament or maybe, you know, let's be honest, there are some programs that are out there who are close but have still never made it. Right. Go. Take it in, enjoy it. You and talk about it. Because you might get to play in it. Yeah. So. You talk about an incentive to when
2: your season's over, especially if you lost the week before in a regional final, and you didn't get to Charleston, go down there. Watch one game. Watch uh, the your, your uh, mates from your region who maybe you lost to. If that doesn't get you fired up, if you're a sophomore, junior, and you're coming back next year, nothing will, because you see the folks on that court that deprived you of the opportunity. Yeah. Get in there and get ready. Work your tails off this summer. And be
1: on that court next year. Absolutely. And uh,
3: I'm just going to say I know a lot of people that take vacation and come they down do. with their family, stay in, you know, get rent
1: a motel room, yeah. spend the whole week in Charleston uh, just for the tournaments. And, and absolutely, there's no better incentive than seeing it in person. And we'll step aside right now, take a break. Sorry, Bill, I'm cutting you off there. That's okay. Uh, we've got to get to a break. We're at the top of the hour. We'll come back. We'll talk to our standout athlete of the week, Macy Newsom. And we'll have uh, our resident referee, Bo Anderson. I've got some questions for him. I do, too. Been back <laughs> with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports
6: Network basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, LP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, L.P. Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Lenside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan 90.7 FM WFGH 4K 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on basketballnight.com. Check it out, and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to basketballnight.com.
9: This
0: is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores, all the time, at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 11.03 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Now 11.04, right on the, right on the top of the, uh, the queue there. But uh, nonetheless, um, another busy night of high school basketball throughout the Mountain State. And uh, hey, just to all of our callers out there real fast, you can uh, wish our screener... Allie, a happy birthday. That yeah. comes up in less than an hour. So, uh, hmm. gotcha. Uh, nonetheless,
9: um, <laughs>
3: you, you owe a lot of paybacks, right?
1: I, I, I owe a lot of paybacks <laughs> to that crew. Let's put it yeah. that way. And I already know they're going to get me back later. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, and, and well, I mean later, I mean like probably the next time we come back from a break. But it's time for a scoreboard update. Let's do that. There we go. I think I made them laugh so hard they might have lost <laughs> Looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Girls R- Class AA regional co-championship games that were postponed from last night to tonight. Wyoming East wins Region 3 co-championship with a thirty 28-point win over Pikeview, 62-34 the final. The Panthers had just five points in the first half. 34 points tonight for Dina Geralds as the freshman leads the Tulsa Lady Rebels. The first state tournament since 2010 with a 63-37 win over Polka tonight at Rebel Arena, and again, Wyoming East and Tulsa, the one and eight seeds in AA. We'll go through all those seeds and matchups for the girls' state tournament. You can see them on BasketballNight.com, but we'll go through them all a little bit later on tonight in the program. Boys' side, Class A sectional is a Region One Section One Championship. Magnolia beats Wheeling Central by a score of 78-74, 54 points tonight for Preston Boswell in the win and overshadows a 41-point performance from Chase Harler, the WVU commit in the loss. Pendleton County wins Region 2, Section 2 with a 61-57 win over Pocahontas County. Tug Valley wins Region 3, Section 1 with a 57-32 win over Van host Midland Trail who lost in the Region 3, Section 2 title game to Fayetteville. 74-54, Pirates get the win. Fayetteville will host Van on Wednesday night. In Region 4, Section 1, Parkersburg Catholic beats Doddridge County, 57-50. Parkersburg Catholic will host the loser of tomorrow's Charleston Catholic-St. Joe game, while Doddridge County will travel to the winner. Joe has double A In Class AA, Region 1, Section
3: 1. It was Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, 89-46. Region 1, Section 2. It was Ravenswood over... Uh, Webster County 57 to 40. In Region 2, Section 1, it was Kaiser over Frankfurt. And Region 2, Section 2, it was the Bridgeport Indians over the Robert C. Bird Eagles, 5351. In Region 4, Section 1, it was the Polka Dots over the Sissonville Indians, 6639. In Region 4, Section 2, it was the Champville Tigers and a Buzzer Beater uh, over the Scotts 38 3836. Also in Region 3, Section 2, that game was played actually Wednesday night. Uh, Pikeview defeated Bluefield. And in that other section game in uh, Region 3 will be played tomorrow between the two Wyoming County teams, Wyoming East and Westside.
2: Class AAA, we go to Region 1, Section 1, Parkersburg South beats Parkersburg 69-55. Then in Section 2, it was Morgantown knocking off University 65-49. Parkersburg South next week will host University. Parkersburg goes to Morgantown for Regional Finals. Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg holds off Musselman sixty two fifty five. Meanwhile, Region 2, Section 2, it was Lewis County, a winner over the Hampshire Trojans 63 Hampshire makes the trip to Martinsburg next week. Lewis County will host Musselman in Weston. In Region 3, Section 1, Capital. A winner over Ripley, 69-59. And uh, their future opponent will be decided tomorrow at the Raleigh County Civic Center. I still call it the Armory. Oh, it's the Armory. It's still it's the tomorrow. Armory. It'll
3: always be the Armory. Always
2: be the Armory. Anyway, Woodrow Wilson will be playing Greenbrier East tomorrow at 4. And uh, that will determine who Capital and Ripley will be playing next Tuesday. Finally, in, re- in uh, A Region 4, Section 1, it'll be Hurricane uh, – hosting one of those regional finals. Hurricane knocked off Winfield tonight, 47-35. And in Region 4, Section 2, team was only lost once this year by Huntington Highlanders. They knocked off Logan, 71-52. Highlanders host Winfield next Tuesday in a regional co-final. Logan goes to Hurricane.
1: That is your basketball night scoreboard update. We'll talk with Ripley coach Evan Faulkner in just a moment. We'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, a little bit later on tonight. But first, we want to talk now with our standout athlete of the week. She's from East Fairmont High School, where she averages 8.6 rebounds per game, three steals, all Big Ten defensive team for the third straight year, also a member of the Ripley Holiday All-Tournament team and the All-Sectional team in Class AA, Region 1, Section 1. But more importantly than all that, a 3.4 GPA and also uh, rings the bell for the Salvation Army and works with kids. Macy Newsom, she joins us now. Oh, guess what, guys? Oh no. All know. <laughs> We just lost her. Oh, no. You build her up. You we build her up. We just... Modern technology. We just lost her. We've had her on hold for 30 minutes. I feel bad. Oh, no. You may have burned her phone. Uh <laughs> may have burned the battery.
3: I was going to say, I hope it wasn't one of those phones that the battery blew up or something.
1: <laughs> or. Uh, <laughs> well, well, don't put me through that. Don't, <laughs> okay, well... Maybe we can get her back. In yeah, and I can't do that whole build up again. That <laughs> was that was, that was I, it.
2: That's I, all I've got. I tell you, the the numbers on her are really impressive. You can tell that she is bought into the concept of team basketball because she is not a big scorer. Uh, eight points per game. That's at, uh, for a for a senior. Um, that's a pretty average deal. I, I mean, she's not. So she but she does it on the defensive end. She's an all conference de- defensive player and she does it on the boards. I mean, she plays team basketball.
1: Do not play the whole intro music again, (laughs) but we do have Macy Newsom now, and I'm sorry we lost her right there. Macy, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. And uh, thank you for uh, sticking it out with us. Uh, I know we had to put you on hold there for a very long time, but um, uh, representative of East Fairmont High School and uh, representative of that Uh, community more than just the school and more than just on the court how did you get involved with the salvation army
16: um well our character deckman um he signed us up and then we just started ringing the bell for the salvation army Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, 3.4 gpa as well and uh obviously sports takes a lot of time and how are you able to mix sports and academics and to uh to maintain uh such a such a good uh grade point average
16: um i try to study every night and to keep up my grades and
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we understand completely. Like, and I've got to say, if I was. You know, a senior in high school and being on the statewide well-listened to radio program. It would I would be a be little, a little nervous as, mm-hmm. as, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we get nervous here as it, as it is. But um, Macy, I know uh, Coach Beckman. First off, has been a, a good friend to our program as well. Uh, just tell me a little bit about about um, not only what he's done with you guys on the court. You mentioned with the Salvation Army off the court. It seems to me like he is uh, more than just a coach, but he's also a leader within the school community.
16: Yeah, um, he always wants us to like do team dinners, like team bonding all the time, or just like team sleepovers. We do everything as a team.
1: I know the season didn't end as you would have uh, wished and uh, and a loss to a very good Fairmont senior team, but uh, you'd won three consecutive games before that. And uh, Macy Newsome, uh, senior guard with the uh, East Fairmont Bees, thank you for joining us tonight. Congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week.
16: Thank you very much.
1: All right, we're going to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Evan Faulkner, head coach of the Ripley Boys basketball team. They're getting ready for a regional co-final next week. They'll be doing some traveling for it, though we'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Maybe. Yeah, I promise we will get him this next segment. When we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball
5: Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Shoot <laughs> Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady D's; Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could not Nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, BasketballNight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at Basketball. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the basketball Friday night West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily hoops roundup.
5: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone,
1: James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 16 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Final hour of the program, and we've only got... Fifteen more minutes to go. Wow, we've got so much to get through. Still, Evan Faulkner, we go right back to the phone lines. He is the head coach of the Ripley boys basketball team. They fall tonight by ten to Capital in the sectional championship, but we'll play in the regional co-championship next week. And Coach Faulkner, I know tonight was a, a difficult loss for your ball club, but still Tuesday night, you're one win from going to Charleston the state tournament. Yeah, yeah, you know
15: we're excited about that. Obviously, um, was a little disappointed tonight. Um, kids fought really hard and gave themselves a chance to win down the stretch, but uh, unfortunately just couldn't hardly make enough plays to to get ourselves over the hump. But but certainly excited about uh, Tuesday night, and uh, we'll get a chance to see that game tomorrow against Beckley and, and Greenbrier East, and. Um, you know, that's been our goal from the start to to uh, get to finish our season in Charleston. So uh, that hope's still alive. We're gonna keep fighting and, and hopefully uh, you know we'll play well Tuesday and give ourselves a chance.
1: Well your your ball club again uh, playing at either Beckley, Woodrow Wilson or at Greenbrier East to see who wins that game tomorrow. Well I guess you might be on I seventy seven tomorrow to go watch some basketball.
15: Yeah, yeah, they play at 4 o'clock tomorrow, so, so we'll definitely be there and then um, try to get a feel for, for those two teams. We're, we're a little more familiar with Beckley. I haven't played them twice this year, but uh, I haven't got a chance to uh, to see Greenbrier East much and um, try to, again, go get a feel for those guys and, and the, uh, see if we can't give ourselves a little bit of an advantage. And um, We know Beckley was there tonight, so so they're working, too. We We just... Uh, We're looking forward to seeing that game tomorrow.
2: Coach, I think you got a lot of uh, attention around the state just a couple of nights ago when you knocked off a South Charleston team that uh, um, a lot of people had uh, penciled in for a spot at the Charleston Civic Center in a couple of weeks. So uh, go back to that one and talk about what what went right for the Vikings in that contest.
15: You know, our guys just played with a ton of fight. Uh, I felt like uh, – was probably the the best game from start to finish that we put together, and um, you know our kids were motivated and, and felt like they really got themselves ready to go uh, mentally and physically. We had good days of prep, and uh, you know senior stepped up. Luke uh, Leahy had twenty one points and thirteen rebounds, and you know I just believe that, that he wasn't ready for that season to end. Uh, end up scoring at a thousand point that night, so. Uh, a lot of good things happened, but, you know, our, our kids were motivated by the fact that, you know, a lot of people weren't giving us a shot in that game. and uh, it, It's a little bit funny to me that, you know, we beat them once already, and um, it seemed like people had uh, had counted us out. So our kids to respond and, and um, uh, play really well in, in a, you know, high-level game with their backs against the wall was uh, – Uh, really satisfying. I was really proud
1: of our kids. Coach Faulkner again, um, that was a big win over South Charleston. A tough loss side. That's a very difficult section and part of why it's a difficult section is now because of Ripley being in it, not just because of uh, South Charleston and So, I know uh, not the result you were looking for tonight, but still another opportunity next week and we wish you guys the best of luck.
15: Appreciate you guys. Thanks for
1: having me on. All right, that's Evan Faulkner, head coach of the Ripley Vikings boys basketball team. Now we go back to the phone lines. Our resident referee, who's been on hold for waiting for it, wait for it, fifty minutes. On right. the under an hour, right? we got him in in under an hour of short wait time for Bo Anderson tonight. Our resident referee joins us now on the program, and uh, Bo, it's good to have you back on another basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
8: Well, uh Joe, you and Billy are gonna have to take over because that, that strong maybe football show. I may have
1: to throw run out for the like second week in a row. Oh my <laughs> Oh my uh, I did win the appeal of my suspension so I was able to be here tonight. I didn't know I could actually appeal. The other coaches I didn't know we had a commissioner that you could appeal to. Fred Dameron said I could, so that's all uh, that's all that matters. The but uh <laughs> That that's that's what Fred's <laughs> official title for the show is going to be from now on. By the, the way, commissioner. the commissioner. But um, both postseason obviously brings apart uh, brings about uh, another level of intensity, another uh, you know a situation where you know coaches are going to agree or disagree, whatnot. But um, calls that are made right, wrong, and different can affect the outcome of seasons now for teams. So I know some people can get upset a little bit more. Uh, With that, so things get a little more tighter from uh, the scrutinizing point of view. Um, Into the postseason now, my first question for you, and this is something that I saw in a game last night. um, Is a defender who is on the floor, not in an injury situation, but is on the floor, and a player with the ball trips over said defender while driving to the basket in a normal movement to the basket. Is there a foul? Is there a call? Is there no call? Well,
8: (laughs) there is uh, obviously, you know, the word judgment comes out. Uh, You know, I mean, I would like to think, you know, first I would really have to see the play, uh, see if the, uh, you know, you know, what exactly happened. But yes, probably nine out of ten times, you know, there should be a whistle blown. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, in this time of the year, uh, you know, all eyes are always glued on the officials when they make calls in the last seconds of the game. And I can, you know, just tell you from my standpoint, we don't want to, we don't want to mess the game up. We don't want to miss a call. We don't, we don't want to have to, uh, you know our judgment cost somebody when maybe it really didn 't happen or it did happen, and we should have bow the whistle uh you know n- people don 't understand that nobody you know really feels any worse about it uh than an official whenever after the game, maybe on a video whether it 's on the news or you know they get a copy of the tape and they <laughs> they see that they have messed that play up um you know, but you know the defender on the floor. Uh, you know, if if the offense could, you know, obviously avoid that. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a multiple things that could happen, but probably most of the time uh, we're going to have a foul on that defender, even though they're on the fourth, if, if the offensive player falls over them.
1: Another question, and this goes uh, into the five count in terms of closely guarded. And again, as as we've talked about, it's a six foot um, within six foot of the. Uh, Dribbler or ball, a person with the ball. We'll put it that way because it doesn't have to be dribbling. Um, and that five count is on. We know that the five count changes when it's when the ball is dribbled from a non-dribbling to a dribbling uh, point of view. That uh, you reset the five count on the dribble. But is it? And I ask this because this, this is something that came up. But is it? Standard for the official to change arms on the count to show a new count, or can they just keep going in the same motion and reset the count in their head in terms of the number of times that they're uh, moving the arm motion?
8: No, with every new count, the official should be changing hands. So, you know, if you start out and the official started out counting with the right hand wherever the hold happened, and now the, they started dribble and you still got a closely guarded count, it should be a left hand, followed by if they pick it up, it should be a right hand you You change hands with every count that you have, you know, just like out of bounds uh you know coming in bounds you know, and then inbounds up the court with the ten seconds every every new count that you have uh the official should be switching arms to show that uh um, that 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 play is uh you know the count has changed, you've got a new count of five going on or from a five to a ten second, you know just like. Coming across the court, 10 seconds, and then as soon as you step into the front court, you're being closely guarded, and now a five second count starts. The arms should change with every new count that you have.
2: Well, Bo, I've got to answer a question. I mean, on the uh, issue of uh, time on the clock, in the uh, Chapmanville Scott game tonight, foul was called, and foul shots were taken with one tenth of a second on the clock. Now, the, the NBA rule and the college rule, I believe, is Three-tenths of a second, if, if you get to underneath that, uh, really you can't get a, a shot off, you can't get an attempt off. What's the high school uh, rule, or and how is that handled by the officials?
8: Same thing. On, on on three-tenths of a second or less, it will have to be a tap or a tip. It okay. cannot be a catch and hoop. Um And the NBA is the one that did and spent, I mean, lots of money – to determine uh, how long it actually takes for a player to catch and shoot as fast as they can. And the determination was that if it's more than three-tenths, they can catch and shoot. But from three-tenths and less, it's got to be a tap or a tip.
1: Joe, you have uh, anything that you've run across for Bo? No, not really. I just keep watching this
3: play that was sent in to us that that he described on the on the five second count. So, but uh, but I do like the idea of, of switching the hands, and that way that, that does give a clear count. So, but really no questions, Bo. Other than uh, comment, uh, we miss you tonight.
8: <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I started to run up. I didn't have anything. I started to run up to the studio tonight. Um, I might, I might do that next next week, possibly if uh, if there's an opportunity. I've got him stirred uh, up. But... Um, you, you know, but uh, anyway, um, I will tell Billy C. wanted me to tell this story, and of course, I don't name teams. But I had a game earlier in the year where the coach took a timeout, and it's going down to the last of the game, and he calls the timeout, has the ball on the sideline in his front court, going to set up a play, and uh, so comes out of the timeout, and there's, you know, all the players are on the floor. You know, we've got five-on-five, which we're most supposed to make sure we have, and the farthest player away from the ball was on my side to my left, and my partner puts the ball in play after we've checked everything's good. And turn around and they scored, and they only have four players on the floor. (laughs) And, uh, the coach called timeout because the fifth player, uh, decided he needed a drink and he was thirsty (laughs) and he went off the, went over to the water cooler and got him a drink. So, uh, that was a new, uh, a new play, which, uh, and that would refer to a little rule that could have happened, uh, if we would have realized that before the basket was scored. Uh, it is a violation to leave the court for an un- unauthorized reason. Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely not an authorized reason to get a drink of water.
1: <laughs> uh, Bo Anderson, I, I think that's I
8: rule H20 in the rule book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well,
16: that's, and it's
1: on page 1,200 of the fans, man. So, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, we always appreciate him taking his uh, time out to talk with us. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Gabby Lapartis, sophomore point guard of the Wyoming East Warriors in the number one seed in the Girls' AA State Tournament. We'll also have Rick Kozlowski, and another scoreboard update comes a little bit later on. Our final one of the night, we're only a half hour to go here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
5: will
6: return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Brian Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty 1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53. J. Mark Gladwell at MD Wildcat Hoops Travis Martin, Haley Butcher Ty at Tyler underscore 242424 Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431 WVHS Sports S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76 and Wayne Young Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers, giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is high school
5: basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia
1: with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Eleven thirty-one on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell, with you as we go down into the final half hour of the program with you until midnight. Wyoming East girls defeated Pikeview tonight, sixty-two to thirty-four, to clinch the number one seed. Uh, well, they found out after the game now that they are the number one seed and will be playing number eight Tulsa in the opening round of the AA girls state tournament. On Wednesday evening in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum, Gabby Lepardis is the point guard of the Warriors. She joins us now. And, Gabby, first off, congratulations on uh, getting your ball club back to Charleston.
16: Thank you. I appreciate it very much.
1: I know your team's 20 and 2 this year, and uh, the two losses to uh, Morgantown and to Summers County, you avenged that loss to Summers County, but also know that. Uh you've been uh you've been slowed with a with an injury a little bit toward the uh, latter portion of the season. How is that right now?
16: Uh my ankle's a lot better. I'm not quite hundred percent yet, but I'm close I get closer to it every day. I go to PT a lot, I've rehabbed almost every single day at Martin Rehab and I wouldn't be able to be even closer to where I was without them.
1: Your ball club this year has beaten South Charleston by seven. You beat East Carter, Kentucky by two. And I mentioned that game because I know a lot of people in West Virginia won't know. East Carter has a very strong point guard as well, one who is highly regarded uh, just as you are. So a great matchup there. Um, I know your schedule was a little bit more uh, stringent this season. Uh, Just tell me about the rigors of, uh, of playing that schedule.
16: Well, coming into the season, we knew it was going to be a harder schedule and that we had to lock down. And it was going to get us ready for state, and it definitely did. We grew together as a team throughout every game. And, you know, It's good to have the easier games in between the harder games, but the harder games are definitely what matters the most to us.
2: Gabby, talking about your game tonight with Pikeview, uh, one thing that stands out to mind, you guys started out hot on the defensive end, only giving up five points in the first half.
16: Yeah, that that's what we focused on in practice, defense. I mean, if you play defense, you're, we're obviously going to score.
1: Well, Gabby, your first round matchup is with Tulsa, and I know that maybe not on the high school floor, uh, you may not be, uh, the two teams might not be familiar from that regard, but uh, I know through the AEU circuit sometimes that some players run across each other. Dina Gerald is a freshman point guard at Tulsa who is having an outstanding season as well, and, and reminds a lot of people of uh, you from a year ago.
16: Yeah, I've played with Dina for about two to three years now, and she she is a very good player, and I'll be, I think it's going to be exciting to play against her.
1: Well, Gabby Lapardis, the point guard for Wyoming East. I know last year, I know you were a freshman, and I I said last year, so you are a sophomore this year. um, A a young team a year ago got to Charleston, was the favorite, lost in the semifinal to Sissonville, and it was a great ball game, just did not go your way at the end. Um, What did you learn from that experience?
16: We can't look past anybody, and now we don't. We take every game as it comes, and honestly, last year, we just did not play our game that game. And we can't let we let it affect us throughout the whole game. We can't let that happen anymore.
1: Well, Gabby, we, again, congratulations on getting back to the state tournament. Looking forward to uh, watching you guys play next week and wish you all the best of luck.
16: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. All right, Gabby Lapardis, the sophomore point guard at Wyoming East. You know what amazes me on this program, and I go back, we had Shane Agour on from Logan uh, a few times her uh, junior year and then her senior year. And uh, she's in her freshman year at Marshall now. And uh, we had Olivia Seggy who a couple times her junior year, a couple times her senior year, she's not WVU. And you notice the progression of when they get more comfortable talking with you on the radio and so forth. They get more used to being interviewed. And uh, Gabby Lepardis, we had on the radio last year a couple times, and she was fine. She was, she was just fine on the show. Yeah. You can tell she was much more relaxed there, though. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's actually probably a little bit indicative of the way they, they play now. Not necessarily that this is new. I mean, they play high-level AAU, don't get me wrong. Yeah but it's just it's just different in high school. Well, well, the thing is about her, she is uh
2: her she's in the fast lane of her basketball future and her basketball life. And she's getting these exposures to good competition and she's on a winning team and they're very successful. So she's going along with the flow and you can tell you're right. She's very comfortable talking to us on the phone. She uh, She's good with the sound bite. <laughs> she doesn't uh, go on and on. She gives you a nice little concise
3: comment. Yeah, and I'm sure the, the local media, uh, you know, ask her questions from time to time as well, and, and that just kind of works her way up to it. And yeah. you get comfortable with probably, things like that. Yeah.
2: Probably the media there in Beckley probably would be the ones that cover her, I'm sure right, that, she's been on camera a few times.
1: Right, and also, I mean, honestly, something that um – you know, off the court, that goes well to your your public speaking skills, which can help you a whole lot in college. Maybe she's got speech class and could be in high school. Yeah. Could be Joe. You're right. She may be replacing us in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, good sound bites, it's cause time, y'all. A little bit early tonight oh, the do, from the Martinsburg oh, Journal. Oh, I hate is Rick Kozlowski. He joins us now on the program. Rick, welcome to another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Oh, hey,
8: hey, hey, guys. Hang on a
1: second. Okay, I'm oh, with I you. We were wa- I, need, I
8: need to get a glass of water.
1: <laughs> I don't believe the H2O exception um, counts for you tonight. You're going to have to stick with us tonight. Oh. Uh, you can't leave the floor. Okay. Sorry. Um Bo will, okay. Bo will call a delay of game or something on you, <laughs> who knows? You'll get that you'll get that in the mail from Bo Anderson, the delay of game warning. But um nonetheless well, hey, You know, I always I, let me let me let me say this first. I I, I have to say I always
8: enjoy listening to Bo talk rules and situations. And that's probably because I'm a former official. I officiated for about twelve years uh from college until basically I couldn't do it anymore. Uh so I, I still watch carefully those aspects of the game. Like tonight I kind of got uh a little annoyed when they uh ro- they called off a basket and the public address announcer said goaltending I'm like, No, that's not goaltending. That's basket <laughs> interference. There's a difference. And and there were a couple of people sitting next to me in the press box, and they're like, uh, well, what's the difference? So I had to explain to them the difference between goaltending and basket interference, and they're like, oh, okay. But anyway, that's just, <laughs> just a little aside. And yeah. I, like I said, I do enjoy listening to Bo.
1: Yeah, and we obviously enjoy that uh, that perspective. It's unique, and also a perspective for Martinsburg beating Musselman tonight, 62-55, to 55 to go to 20 and four on the season the Bulldogs will get a home game with Hampshire in the regional next week and uh um uh, Muscleman falls short tonight, but uh, that's still a good outing for the appleman
8: oh, very good outing especially, especially since uh they kind of struggled in the last, not necessarily struggling in the first quarter but they fell behind eighteen to seven. Martinsburg came out hot and made three of its first four shots all of them three-pointers, and had four three-pointers in the first quarter, and basically kept a 10, 11, and even a 12-point lead through much of the next two quarters and then into the fourth, and then they started coming back. And made it an exciting exciting game. They were within four points with 30 seconds left, and Martinsburg was able to clinch it a couple free throws from... Josiah Villa, who had uh, 27 points and won by Devontae Redman. But, uh, yeah, uh, very good game, exciting game. And At times, I wondered, though, it's like, okay, there seems to be a, a bit of stress off in playing the game. And, you know, knowing that, yes, this is a championship game, but we still got to play next week. If we lose, we get to play next week. If we win, we get to play next week. Well, so I I, you know, I don't, I don't know how how that factors in in a lot of tournaments, but it just seemed like there was,
9: a, you know, maybe
8: not kind of edge that you'd expect from a championship game.
1: You guys know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that brings me to my next question for you. And we've probably talked about this in the past couple of years at some point, but your thoughts—this this goes in with what our poll question was for the week—is the format okay, or is it in, in still needing some tweaking for the postseason in West Virginia?
8: Well, I, I think I think probably the the ideal uh, kind of system would would be like football. You know, one plays twenty nine two place twenty-eight, or you know, whatever the case may be, but you can't send people all over the state during the school year. I mean, there's places in the state where you might play a game like that where you're eight hours apart. Uh, you know, the kids are still in school first. That's that's you know, this is an extracurricular activity, basketball. So, you know, I don't know. I I think sometimes what gets lost. In 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 the whole thing is people talk about state tournament, state tournament. Talk about the eight teams in each of the classes in Charleston, but isn't the sectionals and the regionals part of the state tournament because those are the games you have to win to get to Charleston?
1: Yeah, Charleston. Charleston's the end of the road of the state tournament, more or less. Not the its yeah. own tournament.
8: Yeah, but but so often you know when you hear people refer to the state tournament, they talk about just the Charleston part.
1: Uh, I think that's absolutely yeah. a, that's yeah, a good I Never
3: really thought about it that yeah. way, but but that is true. I mean, you got to get through your sections, regionals, yeah. and of course advance on to Charleston. and
2: because and, and you were talking about uh, some of this travel, uh, Musselman's going to be facing that next week, having to go all the way to, to Weston and uh, yeah, three, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan actually wrapped uh, it out here. How how was
1: the distance there, Ryan? Two hundred sixteen miles, three hours, seventeen minutes, and optimal traffic with a car on a Tuesday night.
8: Yes, and I know somebody else is going to be making that trip on Tuesday as well. <laughs> uh oh! <laughs> and... <laughs> Better start leaving now.
9: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Pack well, your bag. you know, it's interesting. It's it's interesting you mentioned that though, uh, because. Uh, I uh, was talking to one of the assistant coaches for Muscleman, and he says, we're thinking about going up there Monday.
9: Mm. Mm, which, yes, you know, I idea. guess, if
8: your, athletic, if your athletic budget allows you to do that, uh, you know, I think that's a lot simpler than getting up early on a Tuesday morning, driving three hours and 17 minutes, or probably four hours on a bus. Mm. And that's not counting stops. And then you know it, it, it takes a little bit to kind of uh, recondition your legs when you've been in a vehicle for a long yes. time. And so you know, I think that's you know, I think that's a workable idea. Meanwhile, we don't have to worry about this next year under the new realignment. Everything in AAA is over here in the Panhandle.
1: That's because you run out of teams. Well, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's He's lost for
9: words.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not saying that in good or bad ways. There are so many fewer teams in AAA next year.
8: Yeah, and and
1: I have always been in favor
8: of a more balanced school population situation than what typically has been an even split among classes, like 40-40-40 or whatever the number happens to be. And when you look at you know in the past some of the triple lower end triple A schools were closer in school population to the lower end double A schools than they were to the top triple A school. So I like I like the fact that uh, you know they've they've balanced it more on school populations as opposed to a straight uh, cut among classes. I know it's going to make it a little more difficult for double A and single A teams because there's more teams. Competing, but you know, do we, You know, I think the equality is going to make for for better opportunities.
3: Hey, Rick, do you think West Virginia is is the, the number of schools we have? Do you think it's a valid thought to go to four classes to kind of even it up even more?
8: I don't think there's enough schools to do that which i guess is kind of you know been the thing people have talked about in the past but i've kind of you know not not recently here but i kind of looked looked at that and, and kind of broke it down and again like i said i'm a big proponent of you know schools of equal size and when i did the when i did the math and everything else you still had a fairly large a and aa class aaa a little bit bigger and then a four, four a with like eight schools
1: right do we want
9: you know do we want an eight
8: school to the classification in the state
1: well that's a valid that's a valid point and i think there would there would be some who would say yes, why not but I also understand why that would sort of uh i don't want to say devalue but it would change the dynamics of uh of basically every state tournament event and every uh, classification, the way things are done. So I think I think there are obviously valid points to be made for that. Maybe we can discuss that more in depth uh, at another time. Rick, we gotta let you go. We always appreciate you taking time to talk with us. So. Hey guys,
8: have a great weekend.
1: All right. Hey, enjoy, uh, enjoy Weston.
8: <laughs> it, I hear it's
2: spooky out there, and <laughs> hey, they got a good restaurant row on US 33. So there you go.
1: Of course, I, I, I'll go out there and just make it even more scary, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't know what's coming Tuesday. Just yet. We'll let them find out. We'll them hey, That's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Uh, definitely always appreciate talking with him. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a final scoreboard update. We'll get you the entire girls' basketball state tournament schedule, and we'll wrap things up from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network basketball
5: friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network
6: basketball friday night in west virginia the mountain state's voice for all things high school basketball A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock WRLF Fairmont Talk 92.5 WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley Power 92 Radio 92.3 FM WIRCLP Spencer 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne. Knight's Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Lenside; 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFG84K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP, Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington, Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com.
5: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling.
1: It's 11.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Limville, and Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along. We've got just about seven and a half minutes of program left, so we've got to knock some things out here in a hurry. Let's get our final check on the scoreboard. for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. We had every score by 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Unbelievable. New record, probably. Girls basketball regionals that were postponed from last night Class AA, Region 3 Section 1, actually, it's Region 3 co championship. It was Wyoming East defeating Pikeview 62 34. The Region 4 co championship, Tulsa defeats Polka 63 37. We'll have the complete girls basketball rundown for the state tournament in just a moment. Bill has the AAA boys' sectional finals tonight. Yeah, we're going to do this real quick. Uh, just not, we won't worry about uh,
2: identifying regions and sections, but the, here were your winners tonight in AAA. Parkersburg South beat Parkersburg, Morgantown over University. It was Martinsburg knocking off Musselman. Hampshire falls to Lewis County. Capital beat Ripley. Perkin uh, winners over Winfield. Logan loses to Huntington tomorrow. One more um, AAA sectional game. Woodrow Wilson-Greenbrier playing in Beckley.
3: In Class AA, it was Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, eighty-nine forty-six. Ravenswood over Webster County, fifty-seven forty. It was Kaiser over Frankfurt, fifty-seven fifty-six. Bridgeport over Robert C Bird, fifty-three fifty-one. polka over Sissonville, sixty-six thirty-nine. It was Chapmanville over the Scott Skyhawks, thirty-eight thirty-six. One game uh, tomorrow between uh, Wyoming East and Westside, and one
1: game decided on Wednesday. That was Pikeview over. Bluefield 4940. Class A tonight, Region 1, it was Magnolia 78, Wheeling Central 74. Region 2, it was Pendleton County 61, Pocahontas County 57. Region 3, Tug Valley beats Van 5732. Fayetteville beats Midland Trail 74-54. And Region 4 tonight, Parkersburg Catholic beats Doddridge County 57-50. That is your basketball scoreboard update. What well, sticks out for me, guys, in Class A real fast before we go to the Girls' State Tournament it was Preston Boswell, 54 points tonight for Magnolia. Oh, yeah. He lived up to the billing, and everyone knew it because Magnolia and William Central play like 14 times, it's, it feels like, over the past three years. And uh, he, and he was talking about how many outside. free throws he yeah. missed as well, so he could have <laughs> easily had
3: a 60-point night. Yeah, yeah. Make
1: some free throws. Come on, yeah. Boswell-Harler <laughs> shootout tonight, though, 54 versus 41 for, for Chase Harler. We'll we'll go over the complete girls tournament sectional or uh, state tournament schedule in just a moment. But first, Marcus has our poll question. First, we'll go to
0: last week's poll question. One hundred one voters cast their vote in general. What do you think of the current high school basketball sectional, regional, and state postseason format? 59 people, that's 58% of voters, say they like it the way it is right now. And 42% of voters say they don't like it and they want it changed. Now on to this week's poll question. It's live right now at BasketballNight.com. Where should sectional tournaments take place? Right now they take place uh, wherever each section wants them to, either a neutral site um, or at the highest seed. So where should sectional tournaments take place? At a neutral site at the highest seed, or should they continue letting you know each section decide where they want to be? That poll's live right now at basketballnight.com. You've got until next Friday at 11.45 to cast your vote.
1: I asked that question um, for two purposes. I want to explain this. Um, I, I was at a uh, an on-campus um, facility last night. Uh, we've talked about it tonight. Some of them kind of get overwhelmed a little bit. Last night held the crowd alright, but only seating on one side, that's the way that gymnasium is built. Um, and that was for a regional game, but that section that that team came from had played on, at host sites for its sectional. So uh, you had some big crowds that way. Some of them can be overwhelming. also went to a sectional a week ago that was at a neutral site that saw two teams played for the third time, and it was the smallest crowd they played in front of because each had to travel an hour to play. <laughs> In the uh, sectional, when they were just uh, about 35 minutes apart from each other, in in Class
3: AA uh, Region Four Section Two, mm-hmm. they play at at Logan, and you know the two semifinal games played back to back, which was a great venue. So you know there's right. a lot of a lot of points to the to building argue there. can handle it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and th- like mm-hmm. I said, that, and for boys they pack it out. I mean, that, it's, right. uh, it almost has to be there for the boys, but for the girls, it, it felt mm-hmm. too big. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's just, that just a thought. Girls State Tournament schedules, and uh, we'll turn it over to Bill Cornwell for this one. Well, let's start in, for, in
2: Class A. Of course, this was all, was all set tonight. Fairmont Senior will be taking on uh, North Marion 9.30 Wednesday to start the tournament. This is three versus six seed. The 2-7 game, 1 o'clock Wednesday, Lincoln and Grafton. Uh, the 1 versus 8 in A 5.30 Wednesday, Wyoming East and Tulsa. Then 4-5 game, 9 o'clock Wednesday, ending the first day of the tournament, Sissonville and Summers County, going to Class A. 9.30 Thursday morning, starting the second day of the tournament, number three, Tucker County takes on number six, Clarksburg-Notre Dame. These two teams played a couple of times already this season. 1 o'clock game Thursday in single A, number two seed, Gilmer County takes on number seven, Fayetteville. And the 5.30 Thursday game in single A, the number one St. Joe Irish going for yet another state championship. They take on the eighth seed, Richwood. Then the 9 o'clock Thursday game, it's number four St. Mary's, number five, Weirton, Madonna. In class, triple A. 7.15 Wednesday, number one seed, Morgantown, takes on the number eight seed, Spring Valley. 11.15 Thursday, number four seed, Parkersburg South, number five seed, Martinsburg 11-15 Wednesday, number two seed, Huntington Highlanders. Take on number seven, Buchanan Upshur. And then at seven fifteen Thursday, two teams very familiar with each other. Number three seed, South Charleston. Number six seed, George Washington. And South Charleston won both of their matchups this year.
1: Real fast, Bill or Joe, I'll see if either one of you catch this. Who is missing from the girls' Class A state tournament this year? Ooh. Hmm wheeling central Ooh. for the first time since 2002 she did not qualify for the girls state tournament they were actually beaten in the sectional semifinal by madonna. madonna that was something that slipped past me last week and i apologize for that and uh we i, I just missed it <laughs> yeah. and um i caught that uh after the show Felt bad about it. Wanted to make sure that we got that tonight. I remember all big. those
2: years when Saint before Saint Joe started dominating single A, it was Central.
1: Yeah,
3: it was dominating.
1: dominating. Absolutely. That's- so the girls' state tournament set for Charleston. A week full of action feels like a full week, but it's actually only about four days, four days. or five. But it gets four. underway. Uh, when, yeah, it's only four days, right? It Gets underway Wednesday morning, and the boys' state tournament. Well. We will know by next Friday night who is in it and who those matchups are. For Fred Dameron and everyone involved at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell, the crew in the back, I'm Ryan Effling. We'll be back with you next Friday night as tournament action begins in West Virginia.
0: Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast
9: Break Sports Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved.